Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning, Wake Up Squad, and thanks for kicking off your day with us again. Later, the founder of the Black Lawyers for Justice will take over our classroom. Attorney Malik Shabazz will preview next month's uh, two-day meeting on reparations. They're going to take place in Atlanta. But to get us started, Garvey, Brother Senghor Baye is here. Brother Senghor's got some friends with him. Good morning, uh, Brother Senghor. Welcome back to the program. Yeah, good morning, uh, Carl, and to your listeners, like you say, great, 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 great Garvey day as always. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got some folks. Can you introduce them for, to the audience for us? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I will introduce them. Uh, Brother Damien uh, Bascom and uh, Brother Sam P.K. Collins, uh, two powerful brothers, you know, not 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 real young, but younger brothers than myself. Uh, and they're very involved in the movement in a lot of ways. So we're going to break it down. But before I call on one of them, I want to make sure that people are very clear we're here representing a very, very serious Pan-African unification that has been going on for some time. Uh, it's called the Be Clean Campaign, and it was implemented by a group who grew here in North America and expatriated to Africa, to Sierra Leone, Freetown, exactly. And it's called the Black Star Action Network International, and they are Garveyites worldwide. Uh, I've been working with them for a while. Uh, both young and older, but more so younger brothers and sisters who are very clear on the direction of Garveyism in the 21st century. So essentially, that's one of the programs on the ground that we have called the Be Clean campaign that was started in Sierra Leone after a mudslide, a major mudslide took place and cleanup was required. And that's how this particular program was born. Now, when we say Be Clean, campaign, we're talking about, of course, cleaning in your environment, but also cleaning your behind, cleaning your mind, and cleaning your spirit. So I won't go too far into that, but it's a whole lot of groups collaborating with Basani in this global project. Now, we believe that Pan-Africanism and unity is critical to the future of the upliftment of Africans to return back to their traditional greatness. So we have Brother Sam, who is not only a UNIA member, but also a representative, as I am myself, of the Pan-African Federalist Movement. And Brother Damien has been involved in a whole lot of different things that he'll talk about uh, uh, later. But specifically, he's brought his business aspect and his Ackerman into this fold of this particular Be Clean campaign. So I would like to bring on my brother Sam, because what we're doing locally... And, and before, before, before you do that, let me ask you a question, though. Uh, sure. Uh, brother Singer, because people saying this cleanup campaign, people are probably saying, why do we need to have a cleanup campaign? Shouldn't that be automatic? Shouldn't we be clean, whether it's mentally, spiritually, physically, or even around our homes? Shouldn't, shouldn't be this something that we, we do automatically? Of course, but, but but of course, but that's not the case. You know, it, it's a fact that maintains itself that cleanliness is next to godliness. But 
in terms of self-reliance and self-determination, we can't depend on somebody else to do for ourselves what we should be doing for ourselves. So we're saying we can do this ourselves, particularly on the continent in Africa is needed very, 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 very serious, as well as uh, uh, proper hygiene and how to clean up yourself, particularly with all the diseases that have been going around. And not only diseases, but the whole COVID COVID thing uh, woke people up to washing their hands and washing it, but you should do that all the time. But call, it's a whole lot of things that should be done right all the time that are not being done. And so that's why we need to take charge of our self-determination and self-reliance and bring that back into the fold. So this Be Clean campaign is designed to do just that. It's not just an annual Be Clean campaign. We're actually creating a coalition to teach people, young people, as well as older people, the importance of the clean environment, the clean self, the clean mind, clean uh, 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 spirit. So uh, we're going to get more into detail on that, but that's a very important question. But, of course, we should do it all the time, 24-7. And if we do something like that all the time, we demonstrate unity. So when we get ready to move to other programs, we already have a base of unity working together. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, right, let's bring on wanna, Sam. Sam, uh, Sam P.K. Collins is going to talk a little bit about what we're doing uh, uh, locally, but not only that, about the Pan-African Federalist Movement and why the PAFM is involved in this type of work. So without any further ado, Sam should be familiar. Your listeners should be familiar with Sam. He's been on many times, but uh, he's active in the community, a very powerful Pan-Africanist Gavi journalist who's an author of a book. So without any further ado, Sam, would you reason with the folk a little bit? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I guess thanks. How you doing, Brother Cole? I'm great. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing my best. It's been a long time. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. Um, glad to catch up. Uh, but as far as uh, what Baba Sangor laid out there, uh, the educational component uh, in the days leading up to the cleanup, which is actually on Saturday the 30th, we are visiting uh, local schools, some of your favorite African-centered independent schools, and we're going to reason with the young people. Uh, we're talking about young people as young as elementary school age up into the middle and high school ages, just about the Be Clean campaign. And not only that, but helping them look at cleanliness uh, in the context of their lives. So helping them look through their communities and understand exactly what it means to be clean and why it is important for them to be clean. And as far as how the Pan-African Federalist Movement ties into this, uh, the PAFM is a coalition. It's not an organization. It's a coalition. So we are in existence not only throughout North America, but in different parts of the world, just doing our part in organizing people and unifying them around this campaign for the United African States and helping them understand that we got to fulfill a mission 
that was put before us by the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, Osage Fort Kwame Nkrumah, and many others who came before us. But the first part of fulfilling that is overstanding our sovereignty and unifying as one. So if I have a particular area and you got a particular area, we need to continue doing our work and unifying around that. And this clean and, and this be clean campaign is a, is is a beautiful example of us doing that because we have brother Damien, who's been working in the cleanliness space and uh, uh and, and and the trash management space for a very long time, who has um, given his services and made it his duty to continue cleaning uh, around Washington D.C. And as the Pan African Federalist Movement, we've adopted MLK and Malcolm X in Southeast. So we're just you know actualizing this making it very tangible for people, but most importantly, educating young people to pass that knowledge along so that they understand exactly what it means to be clean in the context of their lives. All right. Eight after the top. Yeah, Brother Damon, your thoughts? Yes, good morning, Brother Carl. Um, Barbara Zinko and Brother Sam, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your, um, this radio sh- uh, show this morning. With... Uh, my background being in waste management and recycling and providing service here in the, in the DMV area for over 10 years, um, it came to my, um, it came to me that this is, it's been a great sustainable opportunity for me um, over the years in waste management and going around, traveling around the country and looking at the movement um, towards zero waste, reduction of waste, the pollution, the environmental issues that we have been um, displaced by, specifically in black and brown communities. I uh, took upon myself to organize a, a focus group to focus on eradicating waste. Uh, and we we came together and we, we established the Zero Waste Coalition that is a black-led organization focused on engaging residents, um, young folks specifically, in this movement, we see it as an opportunity to create a new job market and spark uh, new, in, 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 uh, in, new innovative ways to reuse waste. Um, waste, um, specifically um, items going into the landfill, and to keep that back into our circulation um, to keep our communities sustainable um, through, through, through our development um, that we have been working on, we've been engaging community groups and leading them on block cleanups and also speaking about self-determination, um, self-awareness and cleanliness um, and keeping our environment clean to create and harness a community pride. Um, specifically in black and brown communities, um, if we go out, we, we see litter and stuff on the street and we see people um, acting out in these certain ways, I, we believe that if we have a better and cleaner environment, people will have more pride, people will walk around and succeed more collectively together. So I've All established right. the Zero Waste Coalition. Cool. Ten after the top. And, and Brother Sengal, let me ask you this, because, you know, one of the things that Dr. Wilson mentioned in a manifesto to defeat racism, white supremacy, is that we've got to keep our neighborhoods clean. We've got, you know, it's one of the things she said. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, as uh, Brother Damon is saying, and as Sam said, and as many of our other groups, when I talk about some of the other locations around the world, we are co- uh, creating a coalition 
of brothers and sisters that understand not only the teachings of Dr. Francis Cress Welsing and the things she mentioned in terms of being in a clean environment, but as I said, uh, being clean does not just mean cleaning your environment. You have to be clean. And when we say be clean, we're talking about uh, hygienically taking care of your physical your physical body and cleaning yourself so that you you, you you are more healthy, but also cleaning your spiritual being, cleaning your spirit, you know, because we have a lot of uh, misinformation out here about spiritual uh, renewal and upliftment of the body and self. So we add that to it because we want young people uh, to grow up with a clean spirit and a clean mind. Uh, we have drugs and all kinds of things, both both over-the-counter as well as street drugs that are devastating the minds of our young brothers and sisters, as well as some of the older brothers and sisters. So when we say be clean, uh, you need to have a clean environment, but you also need to clean yourself up so that you can be the real person that you're supposed to be and add to the collective Pan-Africanism. So this concept, like I say, is manifested in Sierra Leone, West Africa, uh, in Freetown. But it's also being held, uh, and this is the third annual time where we all are coming together. So in Jacksonville, Florida, here in Washington, D.C., in Sierra Leone, in Lagos, in Oakland, California, in Tennessee, in San Diego, California, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, in Harlem, New York, and other places, we'd like to inspire other organizations. Like in New York, we have a very powerful youth group that does a lot of things for political prisoners, et cetera, called HALA. We have different entities. The UNIAACL RC 2020 has various different divisions that have worked in, 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 in conjunction with this for many years. Uh, this being our third annual Be Clean campaign that we do simultaneously. But we're talking about, as you said, Carl, earlier, Be Clean 24-7 all the time, which comes back to what Dr. Francis Cress Wilson said and what my brother Damien just said. If you live in a clean environment, you, keep, you learn how to keep your environment clean, you learn how to clean yourself up, and then you're unifying with Pan-Africanists all over the world who are doing the same thing. It's really, really a serious need in Africa, and we appeal to people to support us because in Africa they need funds to do this work because it's much different than what happens on the streets of San Diego, South Carolina, Florida, here in Washington, D.C. However, it is needed everywhere we are, and we need to start with our children, getting them to understand just what Francis Cressorism was saying, how important it is to clean up your neighborhood and not live in a trashy neighborhood. If you live in a trashy neighborhood or you accept trashiness, you become that kind of trash in, in terms of psychologically, and, and even physically in some cases. We have too many homeless people on the street. There's a whole lot of issues that play into this, the health and wellness. But the first thing is the real keeping it simple, to be clean. Be Clean campaign is a very simple, very practical, pan-African project and program that can demonstrate functional unity, and from that we can grow and do a whole lot of other things. So it unifies groups, brings organizations together, movements together, and coalitions as you just heard, two different coalition groups have unified with the UNIA. You could call the UNIA a government and a coalition of African people who are striving for the uplifting of themselves. So we're blessed here in Banneker City to have three entities 
that have taken us on. And we're going to deal with the young people at independent schools, and we encourage other people, if you want to tag on to this, tag on to this, because it should be done all the time. And that's why we're right. building a campaign ongoingly. All right, hold that thought right there. We've got to take our first look at the traffic and weather. When we come back, I want to talk to Sam about how this is going over with the young folks, how are they are they receptive to it. Folks, you want to join this conversation with our, our panel, Sam P.K. Collins, Brother Sango, and Brother Damon, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Thanks for waking up with us this morning. 21 minutes after the top there with our guest, Sam P.K. Collins, Brother Sangor, and Brother Damien. They're discussing the annual International Community Cleanup Day. It's going to take place uh, coming this weekend. You want to reach out to them? You got a question about it? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Charles is standing by. But before we left for the traffic and weather update, I asked uh, Brother Sam P.K. Collins, a journalist working out of Washington, D.C., uh, his thoughts. How is this connecting to the young people? Are they understanding what you're trying to uh, tell them or reach out to them, uh, Brother Sam? The young people have a very, very, very well, very good understanding of um, what we're trying to tell them because they see it every day. They see their communities. Um, they understand that cleanliness is next to godliness, and they understand what they need to do for their communities. Now, as far as doing it from day to day, that's another thing, and that's where the adults come in and just setting the example about being very diligent about picking up trash, about um, using trash receptacles when they're outside, about recycling, about demanding government to install trash receptacles, and even coming in and bringing in brothers like Brother Damien when we don't have trash receptacles. That's the next level. But young people are very much aware of the issues that are out there. All right. As I mentioned, Charles is standing by. He's got a question for you guys. He's on line four. Charles, good morning. You're on with our panel. Yes. Uh, how's everybody doing today? We're fine, both All right. Well, let me say, we didn't make the problem, but we can profit off the problem. I think we should have a direct buy system where trash is directly bought from the residents, uh, automatic recycling, just like when they had the bottle return, what they still do in some states, but <clears throat> they should have something like that in place of trash where we get a rebate or get some money or get something for the trash because we didn't generate it. All this is coming from the businesses is coming from the stores, from the advertising and we are just the middle. So we didn't start it and we're not the end of it. So we shouldn't be paying for it. We're being taxed for it. So don't you think that a direct buy system where they directly buy the trash from the residents will be more economical, where people will be in, have an incentive to clean up? I mean, I like when you profit off of it, everybody wants to do it, right? Well, I'd like to take right, that on. Just give me a chance to respond. Thanks, Charles. Go ahead, Brother Sengor. Yes, my brother, you, you, you got it. That's a good point, brother. But, we, you know, one of the things we understand as Pan-Africanists is power only concedes to power. 
And let me give you a basic example. Like when we talk about cleanup, when you go to Africa, it's completely different than what you have happened here. It is tremendous uh, uh, revenue of just collecting plastic in Africa. And I don't have time to go all into the details, but there are business people that are African and Pan-African that are recycling that plastic and creating opportunities and jobs for youth to collect that plastic. And the plastic is used to make bricks out of. But like I said, I don't have time to go into all of the science behind that. But here in the States, uh, just what you said. And oh, by the way, once we demonstrate a self-reliance, the various different people who are responsible, trash collectors, et cetera, that government or private, uh, they come to the table. That's happened in Gambia. When we were in Gambia last, last, last year at this cleanup, they did such a great job that they got better uh, attention from the government to put proper receptacles out. Also, in Sierra Leone, some of the government groups actually got involved in the cleanup process. So your, your point is very valid. But I want to make bring it to your attention that we cannot expect the oppressor to do what we should be doing for ourselves. You are absolutely correct. They are obligated to do that. However, by us taking this on our own selves, we demonstrate a unification and power. And once we have enough power, then we can place the demands to make sure that the things are put in place. Now, in terms of profit, uh, Brother Damien can speak to that because that's what his whole coalition is all about, is teaching brothers and sisters how not only plastic, not only things like that or paper trash, but oil, collecting oil and things like that that become toxic that can be recycled and used. So I'll let Damien speak to that. But my brother, that's a very good point. But the first thing we need to do is to unify. And when we are unified around that, then we can put more pressure on the so-called oppressor. I call them oppressors, you know, whether or not you call them government and I understand the taxes and all like that, but I understand that they're about oppressing us. They're not necessarily about helping us. So we have to demand that kind of attention that is required and needed based on humanity. So brother Damien, I know you have something to add to that because you, your whole coalition is designed to take people more away from living in a tragic environment and utilizing a recycle uh, to create revenue and jobs. Definitely, uh, Bob Snow and um, uh, Brother Charles, that was a really good uh, statement that you had mentioned. Um, there is a lot of value um, and uh, upcycling that we can do with uh, with waste. Um, and that's one of the things that really encouraged me as I've been traveling around the world, like Bob Snow had mentioned, that in Africa and in uh, underdeveloped countries, quote unquote, what they call third world countries, are more efficient, sustainably themselves, coming up with um, ways to reuse things. So what we have done here in, in in D.C., I've started a campaign so we can implement the bottle bill. So we've been organizing and reaching out to different um, organizations that have tried to implement this and present this to our council. So we put we have put together um, one of our mission statements is to um, advocate and campaign so we could be able to implement the bottle bill in D.C. And what the bottle bill would do, like it has done in other states, it has created a new economy for uh, specifically for um, uh, immigrants or um, even returning citizens have been able to go out, collect soda cans and bottles and be able to send their, pay their bills and have a, um, have a living, create an create a income for themselves. Um, so this is something that we're, we're focused on, um, and scaling up, taking 
textiles, clothes, and recreating clothes, painting on the clothes, um, engaging um, through art um, to deal with um, mental health. Um, We're looking at trash, but taking taking that conversation of waste and creating uh, a healing and safe space so we can be able to empower ourselves, create self-determination, community pride. Um, and, it, and, it, and it stems from um, meeting a need. And that's um, like you're, you're sharing, uh, Brother Thomas, and one of, my, one of our focus is to create more income for our residents and um, individuals that want to become social entrepreneurs or even turn um, um, uh, um, taking waste and creating a business with it and, um, and things of that nature. So we've been having those dialogues, and we're very, very uh, supportive. And one question I want to ask you, Brother Charles, are you, are you D.C.-based, or do you live in the area? Charles, he's gone. He's, he's from Baltimore. Okay. But let, oh, let me Baltimore. say this, 30 okay. minutes okay. after the top, they have folks. Okay. If you're just waking up, we have Brother Sangor with us, uh, Sam P.K. Collins, and Brother Damon, who you just heard, uh, discussing the annual International Community Cleanup Day. And let me ask, one of you can answer this question, because we've seen it on the continent, we've seen Rwanda, it's supposed to be the cleanest uh, African state out there, and the, even even the prime minister, the president participates every day. They clean up the trash. It's supposed to be uh, clean. Does anybody can anybody respond to that? Anybody aware of what's going absolutely, on in absolutely, Rwanda? Absolutely, absolutely. My spiritual son has repatriated to Rwanda, and we're connected with a lot of programs in Rwanda. That is the UNIA is uh, particularly around women and health. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. Rwanda is, if not the that the cleanest it's next it's on the top uh it is very very clean environment uh they're they're they're, uh building uh, put trees out but i think the main reason that exists is because over 60 percent of the leadership is african women of rwanda and sometimes we get caught up in always looking at one in particular individual but the government of rwanda is made up primarily of african women and you know african women are all about being clean So Rwanda happens to be the number one, definitely on the continent, but probably in the world, uh, as the cleanest uh, 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 cities, uh, as cleanest uh, uh, states. I call them states rather than countries, but Rwanda is definitely top of the line. And we have people on the ground there that have specifically spoke to that issue. So I just wanted to make it clear. And also the the family I'm talking about, the repatriated, also has businesses in West Africa, East Africa and even some parts of Southern Africa that are doing some of the things I was talking about, about recycling plastic, which is very, very important because plastic becomes hazardous and a health problem when it goes into the water, et cetera. And so it's very important for us to be able to clean that up. And it's a whole lot of that going on on the continent. So Rwanda is a great example for us, but it demonstrates what can be done uh, if, if the government, and now the government of Rwanda makes sure it stays clean. You can't even own property there and hold it without uh, uh, building it up for over a certain period of time. If that happens, it becomes blighted, and the government comes and buys that back from you and, and gives you whatever money you put in because they don't want to see buildings that are halfway done. In a lot of parts of Africa, that's what you see. But Rwanda is a perfect example for that. So I, I, I don't think we need to go too into that. But, yes, absolutely, Rwanda is an example well, not only the continent, but the whole world to follow. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we come up on a break real soon, but when we come back, though, and one of you can address this, because we t- uh, and we'll stay on the content, because you mentioned the plastic problem, and, and because they use a lot of plastic, not just water bottles, but also water bags. You see, they sell minerals and waters in bags because it's so hot, and, and they're cool, and people just buy them and just throw, throw them on the side. You see them all over the sidewalk, and, but the, the plastic does not disintegrate, so... How can we help them? What or what are they doing to you know get rid of all the plastic that's just littered all over? And this, we see this again in in, in various uh, different states. You, you travel across the continent. We see this as an issue because I guess they haven't figured out how to d- get rid of all these plastics, the plastic ba- bottles, the plastic bags, everything they sell, especially in the markets. They sell them and put them in little plastic bags. So I want you to address that when we after we take our first look at the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. Twenty six minutes away from the top, they are folks. We'll be back in four minutes with our panel. Brother Sangor, uh, Brother Sam P.K. Collins, and Brother Damon, we're discussing the annual International Community Cleanup Day right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour. Our guest, uh, Brother Sangor, IA, and uh, Garviite, also Sam P.K. Collins, a journalist out of D.C., and Brother Damon's joining us as well, discussing the annual... Uh, International Community Cleanup Day that starts this weekend. Before we uh, go back there, let me just remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to hear from the founder of the Black Lawyers for Justice, Malik Shabazz. He's convening a two-day meeting on reparations. All of our top scholars will be there hoping to come up with, uh, uh, fashion some sort of uh, response, uh, reach a consensus on what we should do about reparations. And later this week, you're going to hear from uh, New York City activist Charles Barron. He's going to talk about the visit of of, uh, Cuba's Prime Minister to Harlem. And also also, political blogger Brandon's going to be with us, and also uh, clinical psychologist Dr. Jeremy Fox will join us. So, if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, you're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. All right, before we left for the news, traffic, and weather update, my question to you, and anybody in the panel can answer the question about is there anything being done about the plastics that, the, uh, that yeah. we see strewn across the countryside all across, in several African states? I'll Go ahead, that, uh, Brother Sangal. And I want everybody to listen very carefully, please, listeners. This is a big problem, but any problem can be solved with proper engineering methods. There, Right now, as I'm speaking to you, there are African, pan-African-led businesses on the ground in Gambia, Sierra Leone, and Ghana in West Africa to start that have put together a method of collecting plastic that creates jobs for young people to collect the plastic, taking the plastic and recycling it by shredding it up. And it's like I said, I want you to listen because a lot of people can do the research. There is a method of creating cinder blocks. Instead of using concrete, using shredded plastic and clay to create better, efficient, building materials than are made with concrete. That is very important, and, it, and it's not something that's, that, 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 is, that is not just 
in some areas, it's all over. But we as Africans need to understand our biggest problem is the lack of practical unity. And when we have practical unity around things like the Be Clean campaign, that support can also support various different innovative engineering solutions that people have already manifested. We talk a good talk, but we don't walk the walk properly. And what's needed with brothers and sisters who have the engineering capabilities is support from the critical mass. That's the duty of Pan-Africanist movements, to wake up the minds of African people that any problem that are confronted, we confronted with, we can solve. That's a very serious one, because that does not just mean plastic. That means all anything is recyclable. But you have to be an engineer to understand what do you do with the plastic once you grind it up. And I'm telling you, all you got to do is send, send an email to singleb at hotmail.com or call me at 202-256-2518. It's a little complicated because these actions are taking place, but they're not being as supportive by the critical mass because people do not understand and have lost sight of who we really are. We build pyramids, man. We build pyramids. It's nothing we can't do when we're unified and we move together. And the most serious uh, issue with brain drain on the continent is people who have expertise that do not understand the most critical place to invest in in the world is Africa. Why is everybody gaining from Africa and Africans are impoverished when they live in the land that produces all the gold? So there are a lot of problems that we can begin to solve once we come together. That's what Marcus Garvey was trying to get us to understand, industry. And so there's a whole lot of things that can be discussed, but I don't want to get us too far away from the basics, because if we cannot be clean together and clean our environment, how are you going to take it to the next level where you utilize things from the environment to improve your living conditions? And that, and like Carl said, you can go to Africa and you see that's a big problem. Uh, it's a big problem here in 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 in, in uh, the Potomac River, right here with plastic. So we need to understand that we as African people are creative and can create whatever we need to address ourselves. But until we come together to understand the way to get the pressure off our backs. The way to build sustainable communities is to unify as Pan-Africanists as one, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in the U.K., whether you're in the Caribbean and North America. So that's a big issue, and that's why I want everybody to listen clearly, because sometimes we don't realize there are people who are addressing the problems, but they don't have the kind of mass support. And I'd like to let Sam speak to the importance of the Pan-African Federalist Movement, because that's a whole nother issue in terms of leadership, meaning proper leadership of our states in Africa and for Africans around the world. And that, that blends with the UNIA as well. But Sam could probably add a little bit to what I'm saying, because it becomes problematic when you try to solve problems and you don't have the support of the mass of people and the power that is required to have the proper human resource and economic resources to get the jobs done solving problems. Sam. All right, Sam. No doubt. 
you know, so just piggybacking off of what Baba said about practical practical solutions. Uh, the ultimate goal for the PAFM, like I said, is the political unification of the African diaspora and the continent, just bringing all of that into the fold. All of that starts, of course, with the realization that we are sovereign as a people and that sovereignty is in our hands and that sovereignty comes from the people that is not in the hands of the government. You know, for far too long, we have looked to government as the end-all, be-all, not really understanding how government and multinational corporations and and Western institutions work hand-in-hand to consolidate resources uh, to the detriment of our people. And the climate situation is just a perfect example of that. It's very ironic, you know, that we're talking about be clean and um, just weeks before the so-called world powers are scheduled to meet um, in the UAE to talk about climate. And for less than a decade, you know, they've, they've coalesced around a plan that puts the onus on black and brown nations to clean up the climate mess that they created in the first place when they pillaged our resources from the continent. So in in organizing around practical solutions, we are nation building. We are acting as our own government. We are organizing among ourselves and we are taking solutions into our own hands because like Baba said, um, in this coalition and in other coalitions that we're building around the PAFM, we have people representing, we have Africans representing different sectors of society, uh, waste management, politics, uh, health and wellness, uh, horticulture, security, education, and it runs the gamut because the idea is that um, separately we are working in our silos, but there are people who are doing great work that overlaps. And we have to be more organized than we have been in these modern times in order to overcome our collective problems, which is what the Pan-African Federalist Movement strives to do. The ultimate goal is the United African States. But at this point, we need to reach a critical mass in Africans and especially Pan-Africanists who are unified around this mission and not only unified around this mission, but unified around working together toward practical goals and doing it every day in and out. All right. Thank you for sharing that with us. 11 away from the top of the hour. Glaude in Baltimore is on line four, has a question for you, brothers. Glaude, good morning. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good morning, brothers. Good topic, good topic. Uh, in the community where I live at, I've been, been a community activist in my area since 91, and we've been pushing the recycling, and it's, it's been happening, you know, on a slow scale and everything. And the biggest problem that I see we live about two blocks away from the uh, from the commercial uh, uh, area, and you get a lot of people going to those stores and come out and, and trash the stuff. A lot of people have put bags out there to catch that stuff, and the city the city has fined some people from putting bags out there because they claim that they they can't put the uh, dispensers out there because the wind will blow them away, which makes sense if they're stationary to carry them in that way they won't blow away. But my, my concern is the business, since they big, they're part of the problem, they should be paying taxes from them to uh, help, to, you know, to have somebody to clean up. Because if they're not doing that, they're going to keep having people coming there, buying that stuff, and trashing our community. But they need to be accountable for, for the stuff that they have, you know, all through the neighborhoods and everything. 
So I think that would help help a big in a, in a big way as well, as far as recycling and cleaning up our community. Okay. All right. Anyway, thanks, Lord. Anyone to respond to what Lord just said? I think that it speaks to um, what the what the brother said. Really speaks to uh, the communalistic mindset that we as African people need to get back to. It shouldn't have to take fines in order for people to understand the importance of picking up plastic and recycling it. And, you know, that's just the reality of uh, the type of state that we live in. When people uh, have to resort to finding people to do what is, what should be basic human instinct, taking care of the land. And even with fines, as we see with traffic safety, fines, accumulating fines rarely does anything to um, keep people from, uh, uh, not harming others. So, you know, what we're looking at is indicative of a deeper problem that the late Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, our noble ancestor, spoke about a long time ago, in which we don't really care for ourselves or we look at ourselves as the other or less than, and that manifests in our habits. So, in, in launching this campaign, like Barbara Sangor said and Brother Damien touched on, we have to expand the meaning of cleanliness and we have to. Bring, in, bring families into the fold, mamas, babas, children, and help them, help us as a collective to understand not only the importance of being clean holistically, but the importance of us working together as a community. Because all it takes is a few people to make change. You don't have to listen to what others say. You don't have to listen to naysayers. If you bring a collective of five people and they take control of one block and they're cleaning up every day or every week, more people are going to jump into the fold and people will raise in their consciousness to see that, well, these people are cleaning up. Maybe I should be more mindful about what it is that I'm doing. And maybe I should be more mindful about why it is I need to be clean. It's a mindset change and it's about us reverting to our ancient traditions. So you have capitalists and you have Urugu people using Urugu ways to get us out of something that the Urugu put us in in the very first place. When in fact we need an African censored, paradigm shift that'll take us back to a more communalistic mindset that is where we need to be all right we're coming up on a break real quick we got to take the traffic and weather and the news in baltimore when we come back though i got a question for you you brothers because the last time uh, brother Sengor was on somebody mentioned this should we check if we see somebody throwing trash down because brother mentioned a lady used to throw a used pamper down and you know just contemplating whether he should check her or not or just pick it up why don't we get your thoughts on that all of you all three of you as i mentioned we got to step aside and get caught up with the latest uh, traffic and weather and the news in baltimore we're back in four minutes though right here in baltimore on 1010 wolb also in the dmv run fm 95.9 and am 1450 wol where information is power And good morning again, family. Thanks for rising with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're discussing the first annual, not the first, I think it's the sixth or the third. Maybe it'll fill us in on that. The annual International Community Cleanup uh, Day starts this weekend. We have Brother Sango Baye with us. And many of you have heard it before. as a Garviat. You also heard uh, Brother Sam P.K. Collins, a journalist based in D.C. And others, also Brother Damon with us this morning. And before we left for the traffic and weather update, my question was, if we see 
our brothers and sisters or anybody just throwing trash down in our community? Should we check them or should we should we pick it up ourselves or, or walk away? How should we handle that situation? I'm, let me start sure. with Brother Damien first. Uh, Brother Damien, your thoughts. Yes, thank you. I think it's very important to um, to engage. You want to engage. Um, if you see someone throwing down trash, if I see someone down throwing down trash, um, I'm going to engage them. I'm going to ask them, um, you know, Hey man, do you want to? Uh, you want your, you? Do you want somebody to do that in front of your your home? How would you feel, or how would you like that? You know, I think it's very important to start a conversation and not try to be too uh, offensive because it can start an argument. Um, but also encourage people, um, like the list, the caller called in earlier. I think um, that statement of like advocating or organizing is something that I've seen um, going on. I live in Ward Eight, east of the river here in Washington, D.C., and if you go on the other side of the river, the the, the beautification, the landscape, um, the litter maintenance is on, it's, it's like 10%, oh no, 10 times better, I would say, um, and that's something that the community has got engaged with, the uh, the residents. Have well, why don't you be here and ask your brother, Damon, why is that? Why why is their landscaping, why is their, their neighborhoods better than ours? The community is getting engaged in the conversation. I think it is something that I've seen here in D.C. Um, that if we don't know where the resources are at or how to access the resources, we would just we we don't we don't get access to them. We've, our voices are not heard. Um, we we don't have people speaking up, or we're not speaking up for ourselves. Nothing is going to get done. So I'd like to add to that too. Uh, I'd like to speak to that too. Is it very important, Damien? That, that's a great answer, Damien gave. You call to the answer of your question. Uh, we have to be cordial and we have to recognize that our people have been miseducated, misrepresented, misled, hoodwinked, bamboozled. So it's our job to be as cordial as we can and to confront brothers and sisters to try to re-educate them to the proper way to handle things. But it is super important for us to recognize the reality of where we are. As Damien was just talking about, about resources, a lot of times we find that we as African people do not understand how to exercise our uh, activist rights, our rights. We don't understand how to put pressure on various different agencies that are responsible. And that comes right back to self-education. Until we address the issue, we, we, we send our children to schools that, that, that miseducate. They train our people. They don't, they, don't train, they don't educate. They train our children in a proper direction that does not give them the basic uh, humanistic skills and things that are required to make it through life every day. So I, I want to make it very clear, this program that we're doing, and it is the third annual International Be Clean campaign uh, day, Carl, but in between that, there are groups that do Be Clean projects. So we're not just talking about annually, we're talking about all the time. But part of the way to educate our community is to collaborate, consolidate, and collectively work to show and demonstrate what can be done in a community with a few, as Sam said earlier, you don't need a lot of people, but we've actually had young people being involved with us in the cleanup process. So once a person does that, you instill self-worth in a person so that they, when they think 
about dropping something down on the ground. They think twice about it, and they say, oh, I'm not going to do that. So in the case of the sister with the pamper, it, you know, we should approach her cordially, like, 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 like Damien said, in a positive way, not in a confrontational negative way, because that creates more problems. What we want to do is try to educate that person or educate who, whomever that it would be better if you found a proper receptacle for that, because that that same pamper could become a, a disease or a, a, an ailment for someone else that comes in contact with it if it's not disposed of properly. So I, I want us to be real clear. If we don't educate, you can't expect our people just to just to jump up and do something when they've been programmed to do something counter to their own self-development. So we have to reprogram and educate our people. And this campaign is designed to do that. And that's why we say not just to clean the environment, but you'll clean yourself up because that goes hand in hand. Cleanliness is next to godliness. You live in a clean environment, you clean your body, you clean your spirit, and you clean your mind. And then you will learn how to communicate to other people how to follow suit. It is a very, very, it sounds simple, but it's a very, very complicated issue when you have people who've been programmed to go to Burger King or Burger Kill and crack Donald's and come out and throw their trash right down on the street rather than put it in them big receptacles they have. And it's a conditioning in the mind. So once you educate, you raise the consciousness of the people, and that's what we're trying to do, Carl. So I just want to make it very clear to brothers and sisters, we're not asking to do too much. We're asking to do what you should be doing already for yourself. Uh, it's seven minutes after the top. Let me go to Sam. Uh, Brother Sam, you know, uh, Brother Sangor mentioned clean up the mind. Can you speak to that, what, what, what his references to clean up the mind? How do we do that? Yeah, well, you got to be very mindful of what you're listening to and what you're looking at because the ears and the eyes are uh, very critical pathways into the mind. And mind shapes your perception. It, 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 it dictates um, the extent to which you're able to activate uh, 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 to, to conduct activity. So, you know, long before, you know, young people um, do what they're do, do things that are considered bad, um, their mind shapes the perception of what is possible. So we as adults got to be very mindful about what it is that we feed our children, not only physically and when it comes to food, but as far as what they're looking at and what they're listening to, we got to be very mindful of what we pour to our young children. So even as an adult, I'm very mindful of, you know, at times uh, the type of music or the type of visualizations that I, that, you know, that I ingest because that can shape my perception of what is possible and the types of relationships that I should have. So it's very applicable in this case. That is what be clean means. Be clean means being very conscious of what it is that we're taking in and what it is that we're doing in our community and just going back to those indigenous ways because it's on us by the end of the day. Right. Eight after the top. I want to drill down in that a little bit, though, because that seems to be a major problem. How do the, the kind of uh, information that we're ingesting, especially our young people, because they don't understand what what they're doing. They, if, for them, and I've talked to many of them about this, they don't even hear the cuss words. You know, the, it's, they don't, it's, he said something profane. I didn't hear it. They were too busy bobbing their heads and patting their feet to the beat. So how are we going to cut through all of that nonsense to, to, to get them to hone in on the 
hey, this is this is really uh, working against your your energy. The the music that you're listening to, or the, the some of the movies and some of the, the concerts that you're going to, is really directed to you to 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 have you on a a lower energy field. How do we how do we do that? How do we reach our young people in that manner? So any one of you can a- a- answer that question for us. Well, again, Carl, I would say the only way you address negative actions is to provide the positive. And we've been programmed. And you're right. Uh, A dirty mind is going to do dirty things. A clean mind is going to do clean things. It's, it's, It's very simple when you break it down. We have been programmed to kill ourselves even, to shoot ourselves and not think twice about it. Because we don't know who we are. We don't know where we come from. We don't know that we come from royalty. We don't know that Africa is the cradle of civilization of the world. And when you've been programmed away from that, you're headed to self-destruction. So what we are up against is those who've been programmed to destroy themselves, to destroy their community, to destroy their environment. And we have to fight back against that or else we acquiesce and accept that. Now, I contend that the problem is not the youth. It's not them. It's the problem is the adults that have came before them that have not created the practical solutions to address the problems, so now we're getting what we did not do. In other words, if we did not take care of the situation, the situation has gotten worse. And I can remember when I was a young person, there were things that my adult adult people told me not to do. And a lot of times I was like, oh, I'm going to go do it anyway, because if they tell me not to do it, it means something to it. Until I understood and banged my head against the wall and understood I was tired of butting my head against the wall and I wanted to get some sense in it. We have seen that happen from generation to generation. And we have too many, uh, Sam mentioned it, we have too many black so-called successful Yorubus that are not successful, they are self-destructive, and they have contributed to the system of white oppression, and they are creating a decadence in our society. We're killing the environment, we're killing life, we're eating junk, we are going completely the opposite direction from where we were created to be about. So despite all of that, we have to stand firm and understand that man and woman can do what man and woman have done as Garvey taught us, and reverse that process. So in reversing the process, we're not going to reach everybody. Some people are not going to wake up. Some people are going to continue walking like zombies and being self-destructive. But at least we should try to reach them. But let's reach those who are looking for ways out. There are tons of young brothers and sisters that are looking for positive relationships with older adults. And I'm tired as an older elder in my community hearing elders always complain about the young people. We produce that energy. We have to accept responsibility. Our youth have gone astray because we allowed them to go astray. So well, let me jump here and ask you this, Brother Sengor, because we're coming up on a break. Uh, Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How do we reach that critical mass, though? You, I agree with you. We don't need everybody, but how do we get to the critical mass? Carl, it's a process, Carl. There's no such thing as instant change. It took a long time for us to put put us in this condition. It's going to take time to get out of it. But we cannot, we cannot complain about the problem and not move to solve the problem. So I'm one of those people who see the problems and are working with brothers and sisters who are coming up with ideas to solve them. But there is no instant pill. There is a process, and that's that's a reality we have to accept. You know. All right, hold, uh, hold that thought right there, brother Sengo. I'll let you finish your thought on the other side. We're gonna take a short break and check the traffic and weather again in our different cities. He's just joining us, I guess. The brother Sengo Baye, you just heard, you've heard him before. He's a Garvey. Also, brother Sam PK Collins with us, and brother Damon discussing the third annual International Community Cleanup Day. It's not just to physically clean up our communities, but clean up ourselves as well. This is where the point we're at in the discussion this morning. You'd like to chime in? Reach out to us at eight hundred four five zero seventy eight seventy six. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Thanks for rolling with us this morning. Our guest, our, our brother Sango Baye, brother Sam Collins, Sam P.K. Collins, and also brother Damon with us, and they're discussing the third annual International Community Cleanup Day. And it's just not cleaning up physically the community as well. It's cleaning up internally, emotionally, physically, and emotionally. That's where we're at. But before we left, uh, Brother Sango was making a point, so I'm going to let him finish his thought. Go ahead, Brother Sango. Well, I pretty much have made the point. I just I just wanted to make it clear. I, I really want to hear more from my brother Damon and Sam, but I just wanted to make it real clear to people that, you know, we got serious issues that we're confronted with. We got young people being shot down in the street, uh, innocent people getting shot. There's a whole lot of problems but the only way to address these problems is to know who you are and to come up with valuable solutions. And so a lot of times we get caught up in just talking about the problem without coming up with solutions to the problems. And I, I contend that the main thing we got to do is to show our young brothers and sisters, uh, adults need to show a unified effort to try to improve and bring better resources for humanity to the table than the oppressors bringing and to get them to drink out of the clean glass rather than drinking out of the dirty glass. But anyway, uh, I'll let Sam and, and Damien kind of take it from there because they're perfect examples. Damien and Sam and myself as different age, you know, different ages, we could be doing a, a thousand different things for our own selves if we were selfish and not serious about trying to come up with solutions and problems. And many of us are building families. So we have young people that we are concerned about, but we're concerned about all of our young brothers and sisters. So that's why we go to the independent schools, because most of the time you find a more conscientious family structure that are looking for a way out of this miseducation. That does not mean that we're not trying to reach the people in the public schools, 
with children. We want to reach everybody, but we have to go where it's warm. And so when I say warm, like the Nguza Saba, people who understand the seven principles of Kwanzaa, that, that is where you start. And once you unify that group base, then you come after all of the brothers and sisters in the community and the families. But we have to crawl before we can really walk, walk before we can run. And we know we are great athletes and we can do it. There's nothing we can't do. I mean, we've been pushed against the wall. I mean, we came out of some of the Africans uh, came out of transatlantic slavery. There's nothing we cannot do. And so we need to get away from this thing about we can't do this or we can't solve this or we can we can solve anything. So anyway, uh, I'll stop on that point, I, you know, because I'm passionate <laughs> about it because uh, I see the decadence in the mindset of people that they give up and they say we can't do anything. That, that that is that is exactly what the oppressor wants us to think, to, to, out, to, to, to think we can't do it. So if you can't do it, you won't attempt to do it. But we can do anything. Man can do what man and woman have done. Not only that, uh, Brother Sengar, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. It's up to us. So at some point we've got to realize that the, 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 nobody's going to come into our community and clean it up. Nobody's going to help our children. Nobody's going to help any situation that we have we're in but us ourselves. So it's, uh, uh, the quicker we come to that realization, then we'll start moving into a, a, a positive direction. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. But let me ask Brother Damon this question, though. Brother Damon, what do you think is more important to clean ourselves spiritually, emotionally first or, or physically or clean the environment? Which, which one would you put first if you had a choice? If I had a choice, it first it first talks with uh, starts with inner. Um, you have to clean your mindset. Um, the, the thoughts of yourself spiritually. We're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. That's what I believe. And we, we have a responsibility. Um, and before we can act, act it out, we have to embody it first. So I would say that, uh, Brother Carl, um, first, uh, spiritually. All right. And at 24 after the top of the hour, uh, you know, uh, Sam, I understand that there's going to be some events taking place at, at this Thursday at Nation Howard and Roots and Ujamaa schools Thursday and Friday. Are you familiar with what the events are? Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, they're basically assemblies where we talk to the Watoto, the, the, the Moana Funzi, about cleaning up, and we help them connect uh, the initiative that we're working on with their daily lives. And um, here's a surprise. You know, this is an exclusive. Uh, these activities or this assembly will be project-based learning. So uh, they won't be listening to us the entire time. We'll be reasoning with them. And toward the end, they'll be working on their own poem or song about being clean. So it's just a way for them to learn about what's going on and to apply it in their own lives. And, you know, the hope is that once they create the poem or the song, it'll be a way to encourage them, to encourage their friends outside of that family-type sphere to be clean in their own way. I'm interested at 25 at the top there. How receptive are they to, to this kind of teaching? Because, you know, when we were in school, they didn't tell us about that. So how receptive are they, these young people, when, when you, you try to push this into their minds? As long as you engage them properly, they're always receptive. You know, that's why we, uh, and, and, and if you read Pedagogy of the Oppressed, uh, uh, then, 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 then any good conscientious teacher would know to stay away from the banker system, the banker system where you're feeding them, and they're standing there and just taking it. You gotta 
create an environment. And if you also read um, Nation Building by the late uh, uh, Nada Ajay, you will also see that classrooms are set up in a certain way where it's circular and where the teacher is reasoning with the students and the students are are, are in, in an environment where they're encouraged to channel their energy um, to, to making to, to asking questions and answering questions. So it, it's not a question of whether they will be engaged. It's a matter of how you will engage them because children are naturally curious and you got to provide the platform for them to ask questions, to answer questions, to collaborate, to make mistakes and to reflect. And once you bring the outside world into the classroom in a controlled environment, of course, that's an opportunity for them to connect what they've been seeing and to make sense of it. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with the most high and the ancestors. So you got to make the word become flesh through class, through, through classroom instruction. All right. 28 after the top. Yeah. Brother Sekou's joining us on line four. He's calling from Baltimore as well. Brother Sekou, good morning. You're on with our panel. Good morning. Man, this conversation is like a breath of fresh air. I want to salute you, the guests. You're doing a good job, fantastic job. You remind me of what Haki used to say back in the 70s. He said, best teachers seldom teach. They be and do, meaning they teach by example. And that's what you two brothers are doing, and I appreciate you. He also said that, don't talk about organizing the world for self-reliance when you can't organize your own house, your own block, or your own street. It's a slow but effective process, and it's better to be slow and effective than fast and effective and seen all over the city talking nonsense. So I just want to tip my hat to you, brothers, and say keep up the good work. I can't wait to get back in this struggle as soon as I get out of this nursing home. Y'all have a nice day. Thank you, brother Sifu. I really appreciate you, brother. And uh, that 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 is the kind of energy that we are striving to create because we know all of us have our, our 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 ancient African wisdom inside. And you're absolutely correct that uh, uh, I'm I'm honored to be able to work with people like brother Damien and and brother Sam and other people in Lagos, Nigeria, in Sierra Leone, and or people that I've never even met face-to-face. We're working together. We're doing something co- collective. That's power in itself. Because as you, 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 you move from uh, uh, doing the work, from watching other people emulate, uh, uh, who have emulated what you do, and that is success. And that is what yeah. has happened with Black Star Action Network International. Yeah, oh, yeah. You listen, I had experience some years ago at Penn North the notorious pen off. This young girl with a little baby, about two years old, she was emptying her bus passes out of her pocketbook. She took them out one at a time and threw them on the ground waiting for the bus. I let the little boy that was with her see me pick them up and put them in the trash can. I never said anything to her. We didn't exchange words, but I could tell she was kind of peed about what she did and my response to it. So my point is, you don't have to get into a discussion, debate all the time with all of them because I'm not at that level yet. But you can teach by example. Yep. All right. Th- 
Thank you, Brother Sekou. Stay healthy. That's Brother Sekou joining us from Baltimore. And again, that's that's the, what we talked about earlier about what should you do? Should you check them if you see them littering, especially where you live, folks? This is where you live. You know, should you check them or, or should you do like Brother Sekou did? He he just responded and, and picked up and, and, and did what a responsible adult should have done. Because what, what happened with the, the sister who, who threw her those used bus passes down on her, her child was seeing that. And later on, he grows up, and he's going to do the same thing. But then he saw the brother say cute did and put him in in a trash can, and maybe that will will last longer with him with him than what he saw his, his mother did. So we can only hope for for that for that change. But thank you for, for doing that, brother Seku. You know, uh, I got to ask you, you brothers though, how did how did this all come about? It, it's an international collaboration. I know that's not easy to put together because you mentioned uh, uh, Liberia, you mentioned uh, Sierra Leone, and several other African states, and also several cities stateside. How did that come about? Yeah, well, the Black Star Action Network International, it's Basani, started in the United States years ago from uh, political prisoners that came out of prison. Brother Chief Fode, who is now an expatriate living in Sierra Leone, was the CEO of Basani. Uh, Malcolm Shabazz, uh, Malcolm X's grandson, was a part of that group before he was unfortunately assassinated and other young brothers and sisters who came together here in the States. Well, Chief Fode went to Sierra Leone years ago, and Bassani uh, was striving to connect with the Garvey movement, the UNIA, uh, the Haruru movement, and different people that they saw doing things, because these were young brothers and sisters that were not satisfied in the hip-hop movement. Uh, Chief Fode was a hip-hop artist. And a lot of them came together. That's how Bassani was established. It became international when he went to Sierra Leone. And when he experienced the different things going on on the ground in Sierra Leone, as an expatriate, uh, such as the mudslide, they came up with this particular program. But Bassani has, you can go to Bassani's website, which is B-S-A-N-I, uh, B, I'm sorry, B-S-A-N-I.org, Bassani. Dot org for Black Star Action Network International, and you can see many of the programs. But we have practical programs that's designed to to to, to deal with the generation gap of young brothers and sisters working with el- elder brothers and sisters, and elder brothers and sisters working with young brothers and sisters to come up with solutions. So the concept of the Black Star Action Network International is a Garveyite-based group who connected with the government of the UNIAACL, and they have connected with many other groups. We found out in Gambia, uh, uh, our sister in Gambia, who's an expatriate, who created a Pan-African library, she joined the UNIA and also connected to Basani. Same thing in Lagos, same thing in Ghana, same thing in, in Kenya and different places on the continent. So we all are working together on many projects. But when we come up with a positive project, such as the Be Clean campaign, that everybody, regardless to ideology, regardless to philosophy, understanding, can be a part of, it brings us together in what we call unity, umoja, doing something practical that can help all of us in all of our communities. So that's where the concept came from. But it's not the only program that Bassani deals with. It's not the only program the PAFM deals with. It's not the only program that the UNIA deals with. It's not the only program, a group in New York that is very powerful young group. Sam is, can probably explain a little more to them. It's called HALA. 
They have connected with uh, our representatives of the Pan-African Federalist Movement in New York, and they are doing a Be Clean campaign. So it also ties to other nonprofit organizations that all do various different projects around cleanliness, connecting and unifying. So it's a start of unifying us so that we can have an each one, teach one, each one, reach one effect so that we can move forward to learn from one another, grow with one another, and to build nations, build nations, starting with the family, then the community, then your whole neighborhood and your your, your, uh, city that you're in, your state that you're in. And the continent that you're on and connecting up with other continents. And I didn't mention the U.K. Also, the United Kingdom has involvement in the Be Clean campaign. So I may have... Right. Hold, hold that thought right there. Yeah, hold that thought right there, uh, Brother Singer. We've got to take a short break. And thank you for uh, mentioning the U.K. A shout out to all our brothers and sisters listening to us across the pond. we got to take a quick break, as I mentioned, and get caught up in the latest news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. But we'll be back in four minutes at 26 away from the top. They are right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're rolling on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. Good morning again, family. 19 minutes away from the top of the hour with our panel. Uh, uh, brother uh, Sangar Baye, also with Brother Sam P.K. Collins and Brother Damien discussing the third annual International Community Cleanup Day. It starts this weekend. Before we do that, though, let me just uh, uh, remind you, come up later this morning, we're going to speak with Attorney Malik Shabazz. He's going to preview next, next, next month's two-day meeting on reparations. Some of the brightest minds across the planet will be gathering in Atlanta to discuss reparations. Later this week, you're going to hear from clinical scientists Psychologist Dr. Jerome E. Fox, you know him from his best selling book, Addicted to Black to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, a Shame Based Alliance. Also, uh, a political blogger, Brandon, will be here to preview the GOP race and the infighting and, and what the Democrats and Republicans are trying to do to attract younger voters. Also, New York activist Charles Brown will join us as well. Charles will t- talk about the fact that the, uh, the Prime Minister, the President of, Haiti, of uh, Cuba, pardon me, uh, visited Harlem uh, last week. It wasn't, didn't get much news coverage. He went to Harlem, went to the Audubon Ballroom and, uh, you know, spoke about Malcolm X and he wanted to continue his ties to the African-American community. So he's going to discuss that with us. So make sure that your radio's locked in tight in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. All right, Brother Sango, I'm going to let you uh, finish your thought. We interrupted you when we left for the traffic, weather and, and the news. Well, just based on time, I want to make sure that people know how they can support us. Uh, one of the things that we've uh, done over the years, Africa needs more economic support than we do here in terms of uh, getting the job done of the Be Clean. So if you go to the website that I gave you, Bassani.org, you, you can make contributions. That's the way everybody can be supportive of this work. Uh, All of the funds that are shared with us go directly to Africa because what they do, they actually compensate some of the young brothers and sisters who help them clean up. And then they need uh, resources to buy supplies and things like that, you know. Uh, So that's very important. So go to Bassani.org if you want to support us that way. Uh, I'm going to ask Sam and uh, Damien to give you a way you can contact us locally. But it is important for us to connect up. And so anybody that's listening to this that likes what they hear, they can help support. If you can't come out physically to be with us on Saturday the 30th, send us a contribution, and we will make sure that it helps support the effort. 
because all of that helps. And you can do that through thebasani.org. You can also call us at 202-256-2518. And you can email me at singleb at hotmail.com. So Sam can give you ways that you can get in contact with him in relationship to the Be Clean uh, Project and the, the Pan-African Fellas Movement. And then Damien can give you a way you can contact him. That is important because we're not just talking just to, 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 to like, we like, we, we're not just happy about the, the progress we're making. We're concerned about recruitment and recruiting other people and other organizations and other businesses that wish to do something on their own or connect with us because this whole thing has to be done 24-7. The Be Clean concept is critical. We have to have clean minds, clean behinds, and clean environment. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Sam, 15 before the top of the alley. Your thoughts? Yes, uh, people can contact me through my email address, uh, sam.collins.89 at gmail. I'm also very um, very responsive online, particularly Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So my handle is sampkcollins. You can reach out through there, S-A-M-P-K-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. As far as the Pan-African Federalist Movement, uh, the PAFM North America, we have a website, and that's PAFM-NorthAmerica.org. One more time, PAFM-NorthAmerica.org. And anybody in the D.C. area who is, or even in Baltimore, if you're interested in organizing with us or campaigning with us, um, please reach out. You know, the more the merrier. All right. Uh, Brother Damon? Yes. You can, um, you can, this Saturday, first, I want to just give a shout out, uh, between th- uh, this Saturday, uh, September the 30th, at the corner of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, Washington, D.C., Southeast, we will be meeting to start our community cleanup. So if anybody would like to volunteer to come out to bring supplies or uh, snacks, we uh, we welcome you. Uh, you can contact me um, at 202 427 5127. Again, that is 202-427-5127. Or you can reach me at our my email address, and that is zerowastecoalition at gmail.com. Um, and again, we'll be, we, we're inviting volunteers to come out this Saturday so you can meet us in person while we uh, engage our community in the Be Clean campaign. All right. If you, you didn't get those, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, contact information. We'll let them do it again before they leave. But let me ask you this, uh, Brother Senghor. Have you had any help from any of the organized groups, whether it be civil rights or churches, or the mosque? Does anybody, any of these organized groups say, hey, we, we want to support you? What can we do? Can we lend a hand? Have you had, had that uh, conversation with any of these folks yet? Uh, y- yes, yes. The answer is yes, but uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's different in different locations. Uh, for an example, in Africa, we have Islamic mosques that have been extremely supportive of the Be Clean campaign. Uh, we have schools in different places. We uh, I, I do think it's a couple of places that have some church contacts. I, I, forgive me, I can't give you the specifics, but I do know even some places that have been inspired by us doing cleanup have got involved and done cleanup themselves. So the answer would be yes, but in terms of uh, not, it's not satisfactory because we would like to see churches, mosques, and other institutions continue to do a Be Clean campaign in their own respective areas and communities and connect in with us because that that demonstrates to our young people the unity that is required, because the more unification we have amongst different groups, diverse groups, whether or not you call yourself civil rights, human rights, you know, uh, nationalists, social, whatever you call yourself, the more young people see that, the more they can be inspired so that they don't have so much a divisive kind of mentality that's been programmed to us by the oppressors. So the answer to, to your question is yes, Carl, but we need more. We need plenty right. more organizations that have resources doing Be Clean campaigns in their own area. And it does not have to happen every time we do an annual uh, international one. You can do that anytime, anytime. The more, the better. All right. Ten away from the topic. I got to ask you this. That's the physical. What about the emotional? Do you have any Pan-African clinicians who are working with you individually or as groups say, hey, we want to help. We want to participate. Have you made that outreach yet? Uh, yes, to some extent. Uh, like I said, uh, this whole program is an educational program. And just to use myself as an example, the Minister of Education, uh, Mama Tendai, is, is looking at this carefully so that we can help package it and pass it on to other various different people. We have African psychologists, African revolutionaries, African engineers that are all a part and part of this project because they're looking forward to be able to introduce other projects to uh, not only Bassani, but to other groups. So the answer is yes. We're, we're building a practical uni- unification base. And, the, and that begs the question, would you accept help from Urugu, from any of the white corporations say, hey, I, I like what you guys are doing. I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to write you a check. Would you, would you accept? Well, not, 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 not the UNIA. Uh, we, we, we would not accept it, but there may be some nonprofit organizations. We have people that are doing farming and different things. We also have a, 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 seeds, a, a tools and seeds program. So uh, if it was donated through a nonprofit source, of course. But technically speaking, we're about self-reliance. We're about doing this ourselves, not asking for the pressure to do what they should be doing anyway, keeping environments clean. No. But if it's a nonprofit organization that takes uh, donations, of course. Got you. And how he plans to expand this, you know, 
stateside because we got a lot of big cities that need to get involved in what you're doing. You go into any major urban center and, and you, you know exactly what neighborhood you're in when, once you see the, the, the unfortunately, once you see the, how the, the, the look of the neighborhood. How are you going to expand to get all of these urban centers involved in what you guys are doing? Well, basically, the, the, the International Be Clean campaign is designed to do just that. Coming on your show, letting people know what we're doing, letting people know it's time to stop talking, it's time to roll your sleeves up and get involved. Uh, th- that's what we're doing. Uh, 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 not only, as I said, a lot of areas do Be Clean projects throughout the year. Uh, there are places that were with us last year that might not be with us this year, uh, but we are growing. Uh, so I would say... Uh, we are consistently, you know, pushing it to get people to get involved, and we're open. If you go to our website, you can see, if you go to Bassani's website, you can see how you can get involved. If you have an entity that's, that's, that's in an area where we are not, you can get involved with us. All right, hold that thought right there. We've got to take a short break. When we come back, though, I'll let you brothers give out your contact information and more information how folks who are listening anywhere where they can hear our voice right now, how they can get involved, how they can get their communities signed up as well. Folks, as I mentioned, we've got to step aside and get caught up on the traffic and weather in our different cities. And for Baltimore, you've got to get your news update. But we'll be back in four minutes right here at seven minutes away from the top of the hour in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95. 5.9 and AM 1450 WOL or information is power. Good morning again, family. Top of the hour this morning with our guest, uh, from, uh, Brother Sengo Baye, uh, Sam P.K. Collins, and Brother Damon. A moment we'll be speaking with uh, Attorney Malik Shabazz. But let's wrap up with our panel. Uh, uh, Brother Sengor, for the folks who are on the late train, can you uh, give us a summation of what we, we talked about this morning? Uh, yes, we talked about the international Be Clean campaign implemented primarily by the Black Star Action Network International that is connected with the UNIA, ACL, RC 2020, the Pan-African Federalist Movement, and many other groups, HALA in New York, and many other groups around the world that are basically striving to uh, teach our young brothers and sisters as well as older brothers and sisters the importance of clean environment, clean mind, clean spirit, and clean behind. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. You can get in contact with me at 202 202- Two five six two five one eight, either text or phone call, or you can email me at s e n g h o r b at hotmail dot com and get more detailed information. Uh, let Sam and Damien let you know how you can communicate with us as well locally. All right, Sam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Sam dot Collins dot eighty nine at gmail dot com. You can also reach out to me via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Sam P.K. Collins, S-A-M-P-K-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And you can also check out the Pan-African Federalist Movement's website, pafm-northamerica.org. One more time, pafm-northamerica.org. And big shout-out to Holly out of New York. All right. Brother Damon? Yes, you can reach me on social media. My name is Damian Bascom. Um, or you can email me at Zero Waste Coalition 
at gmail.com or text 202-427-5127 or meet me this Saturday, September the 30th, between, or meet us September um, 30th at the corner of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. We'll be in that community, cleaning up that community and having discussions about being clean. All right. And, and Sam, what are you working on the uh, on the newspaper? Because you, you also work in the newspaper. What stories are you working on for us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, great question. So uh, we have a couple council hearings coming up. Uh, there's a council hearing around a slew of public safety bills that are pretty controversial in nature as it relates to returning citizens or those who are under state supervision. And we also got the confirmation hearings for uh, Pamela Smith. She's the acting uh, chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. And for those who are on Medicaid, uh, it is renewal season, but the information gap is there. We're also exploring that as well. And when it comes to food security, there's a battle right now around increasing SNAP benefits. So there's quite a bit going on. And we're also looking at, as it relates to the schools, just um, implementing black history and expanding historical knowledge and what the state board is attempting to do with that. So we got quite a, you know, quite a bit on the horizon. Right. And, and brother St. God, uh, uh, attorney Malik says, give him a few more minutes. So we've got a few more minutes with your panel. So hopefully uh, you can, you can fill us in on what your group has been doing. The Garveyites have been doing for Marcus Garvey's uh, uh, trying to exonerate Garvey. How's that going? Yeah, one of the most important things we, we stress, we ask for all Africans to join the We Exonerate Garvey movement. We're not asking anybody to do anything. We want to exonerate him. And then once you understand the importance of exonerating him for his works, words, and deeds, also to emulate his works. So we have a lot going on around the world. Uh, many of the locations I mentioned in Africa are connected to the government of the UNIA uh, rehabilitating committee. So we are involved in rehabilitating the mindset of our Africans of how they relate to Garvey, not just calling Garvey's name, but implementing his works, words, and deeds. We just recently came back from Oakland, California, where we had a very successful uh, convention. Uh, we are going to hold a convention in Chicago in 2024. We're holding a high executive council meeting online, but primarily in the District of Columbia, which will be demonstrating what's going on with all our various different divisions. There's a lot of different things going on with different divisions on the continent, in the UK, in the Caribbean, in South America, and those in the U.S. of A. Uh, I like to say North America because, I, 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 you know, a lot of times people get that confused. Uh, it's just like we say that wherever Africans are at, we need to move towards a state of unification instead of states of confusion where we're led by Urugu. So the UNIA is very much alive today in the 21st century. Uh, we put a lot of faith in Basani, the Black Star Action Network International, which is a no whole another generation of Garveyites uh, that's growing up. We're working to uh, make some trips to Zimbabwe. Uh, I'm not going to go into details right now, but that's happening. We want to stay aligned with any progressive group, and I'm, I'm one responsible for working with groups and setting up what we call decrees of Mahat, where we agree that the exoneration of Garvey is, is, is something we can do, and that we, uh, despite our ideologies and philosophies, we can all unite as one around practical programs. As I say, the Be Clean campaign is just one out of many. 
If you go to the website of Vasani, you'll see. But the UNIAHCL's website, new website, will be going up, and you will begin to see the various different things we're doing all around the world. But, again, if you reach out to me, I can put you in touch with various different UNIA divisions on the West Coast and the, and the South and also around the world. And one quick question before I let you go, though, are you are you seeing are you seeing an improvement as far as the unity move is? Are you seeing? Is it, it seems like we we make having some traction here, or or is, are we are we still fighting? Because you know we saw what happened at the boat fight, and we saw what happened even with what's the, the people getting behind uh, what, what Damon's trying to do out in Colorado. Are you are you seeing an improvement? Well, I see some positive things taking place. Yes, I do. Some positive things taking place. People are becoming more conscious and aware, particularly on the continent, uh, with what's going on in the Sahel. That's very, very uh, uh, important of, of kicking the French out. Uh, we have to recognize that uh, the French col- uh, the French colonizer and all of the various different Yorugu colonizers have continued to rape Africa and taking away what Africans should be using for themselves. I do see some improvement in the mindset of brothers and sisters around the world, but we still have a long way to go. Uh, We're still allowing our children to be miseducated, misdirected. We're still allowing legal issues to confront us. We still have not helped support the political prisoners properly. So we have a lot of work to do, but I have faith that those of us that are true believers in Pan-Africanism can come together and really, really uh, change things quicker than people can imagine. One of the major issues that we're very concerned about is the killing that's taking place on the streets. People like to blame it on the guns, but it's actually the mindset of the young folks that get their hands on guns that is the issue. Uh, Because you can have all the guns in this country has more guns than too many guns. But you also have too many minds that are very dangerous and are causing all kinds of havoc. And innocent bystanders are being shot because a lot of these young brothers and sisters, I would say, too, that are out here doing evil things don't know how to shoot. And consequently, normally they hit an innocent person, but it's not good for them to even hit anybody. We, We need to really work on the mindset of our communities, and that's all over the United States. So that's a big issue the UNI is working on. We continue to do Freedom Fridays twice a month uh, and to, to address as much educational issues. We're building a massive educational movement because we're going to have to take charge with educating adults, educating young children, and we cannot expect that to be done in the public school systems. We have to have independent schools and Saturday schools and uh, after-school programs and homeschooling to address the issues of re-educating. All right. I want to thank you, brothers, all three of you, for what you do. Keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to change some hearts and minds this morning. But thank you for what all that you do. Thank you, Carl, for allowing us to have this time. All right, folks. Thank you. Uh, nine after the top of the hour, as mentioned, we're going to discuss the big reparations conference is taking place uh, next week, actually. I think it's next week. It's uh, next month, at least. Dr. Tahudia, good morning. Tahida, good morning. Tahida, good morning. Uh, and you're part yeah. of the reparations uh, convention. Is, is it next week or, or is it the week after? It's actually next week, October the 7th and 8th. Saturday, October the 7th, 
and Sunday, October the 8th. And it starts at, uh, registration starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. And the meeting will start promptly at 12 p.m. Right. And, and uh, tell us about this meeting, because we, all we know is, is about reparations. What, what, is the, what is the aim What's the, of, the, of this meeting? Well, this is going to be an amazing two-day event um, where uh, everyone, including students, uh, can participate and learn all about reparations and um, learn how they can become a part of this important movement. So um, we're going to hear from uh, uh, reparation scholars and activists, legislators, and leaders from across the country that are all coming together uh, for the purpose of developing a comprehensive unified plan for reparation. So as many of you are aware, there are lots of numerous organizations that you know, a task force and so forth that are popping up all over the country. And then we have longstanding reparations organizations who have been fighting for, for you know, uh, decades uh, for reparations. So we're going to learn all about the history, uh, everything that you've ever wanted to know about reparations. You'll be able to uh, learn about it and, and actually become a part of it. So, uh, you know, our primary goals are to actually organize the organizations throughout uh, the slavery diaspora into one unified movement because, you know, we want to um, strengthen the movement by uh, proceeding together with one voice uh, to um, achieve reparations and, and demand it. Gotcha. 12 after the top. Yeah. Uh, Attorney Malik Shabazz, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, my dear brother and Good morning, Sister Queen Tahita. Good you morning. Convened it. You convened this, this, and you've got some of the brightest minds I see here on the flyer. But what is what is the goal? What what do you aim to do at the end of the day when this is over? I think as any, as anything else that we intend to do as Black or African people, um, we have to proceed or have our procedures correct. So. Um, this is an important procedural step because uh, before we can even believe that we're going to achieve this lofty goal of reparations, uh, we have to have unity. We have to have a basis for all of the organization and the believers uh, who are fighting for reparations to, uh, to convince the rest of black America that we're on the same page that we are at least in the same room, that we've heard each other out, that we've agreed on at least some type of common plan or framework. Other than that, you have a reparations group over here, a pocket fighting over here, there's a group over here, one person running the Congress over here, another man with a form over here. They all mean well. Everyone means well. But it's not driving us towards the goal because they are disjointed. Uh, in one sense, discombobulated, but in the great and the most positive sense here, the reparations is a uh, is an issue that ninety three percent, according to the polls, ninety three percent of Black people support. So we have a procedural or organizational obligation to bring everyone together, let everyone be heard, 
to see if we can come up with some positive solution, such as one would be a uh, a plebiscite or a right. universal. Actually, well, hold, hold that thought right there, uh, Attorney Malik, because we got to take a short break here. And uh, stay with us, of course, Dr. Tahida Abri, discussing the reparations con- uh, convention, I'll call it. It's going to take place next week in Atlanta. Folks, you want to hear more about reparations, you got questions, reach out to us at 800 450 7876, but we got to step aside and get caught up with the latest traffic and weather in our different cities. We'll be back in four minutes at 14 after the top. They are right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB, also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Thanks for rolling with us this morning. I guess that uh, right now, uh, Attorney Malik Shabazz from Black Lawyers for Justice. He's the founder of that group. Also, Dr. Tahida Abria. I'm, I apologize if I'm messing up your name. And they're part of this <laughs> reparation convention that's taking place in Atlanta next week. And uh, you were telling us before we left for the traffic and weather update, uh, Attorney Shabazz, uh, the, 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 why? Why are we doing this? And, how, and, and please tell us how you managed to get all these groups to sign on to this okay well point number one the 40 organizations and all of the great leaders which uh, dr tahita has outlined from uh, female and male dr kenneth howard the head of encobra to all of the other great groups I'm a, I am a co-convener. I am a helper to bring this project together, but uh, I must give credit to the Honorable Silas Muhammad and the Afro-Descendant Nation. Afro-Descendant Nation is a concept that Mr. Muhammad has come up with some years ago, which is designed to uh, be uh, an umbrella that overarches religion, it is, it is bigger than any one organization or any leader and is designed to be a quasi-governmental structure where we can get together and, and legislate and handle our affairs as it pertains to reparations. So it's through his work, Honorable Silas Muhammad and, and those that he's working with that I have joined with and 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 through, through uh, principally working with these allies now, he has, he has he's come to light and, and brought all the people that they and he have been working with to speak, sort of, sort of speak in the dark now to the light. Oh, I owe it to these great brothers and sisters that I'm working with in unity. Then I bring some of my friends to the table. I bring my efforts, my organizational legal talents to the table. Uh, and, and again, it's not um, why. I think we're all on the phone. If we ask every brother or sister who's on this line, why do we deserve reparations? Everyone will raise their hand and give an answer. Everyone understands uh, to one perspective or another why we need reparations. Uh, the key question is how to move from the theoretical to, uh, to practically moving into a reality to help it to happen. Well, that's where we get into procedures. That's where we're getting into how we operate. And I think um, uh, before we even begin to uh, uh, just think that we're going to, you know, automatically come together and have reparations, I think we should make some admissions 
so that we can address these admissions and get over some of the issues. Let's be honest with each other, brother uh, Carl. All of those that we said want reparations and many other leaders who are not even invited want reparations. But let's be honest with each other. Some black leaders don't like each other. Some of them has misunderstood each other. Some of them can't stand each other. Some of them want to get it on their own and, and want to uh, uh, be the leader of, of any type of cause or operations, whether it's reparations or otherwise, and another posse or another group want to take command of it. Uh, or, or I'm not saying everything is negative, but what I'm saying is we have to get to know each other better. We have to get to we have to start off by trusting each other more. We have to start off by getting in the room to hug each other and love each other. Uh, you probably won't hear, I'm sure I won't hear anything on October 7th and 8th, hardly anything that I haven't studied or learned before. But what I will learn is the true nature and intention and the demeanor and the spirit of my brothers and sisters, fellow strugglers so that we may heal the wounds and get beyond all of the things that have plagued the reparations movement, plagued the Black Panther movement, plagued the, the, uh, the Black Muslim movement, the civil rights movement, and that is division and infighting and lack of trust and mistrust. That is the main objective, one of the main objectives where I'm involved in this, because I know that there's a vehicle and a process here set up that is designed to heal these wounds so that we will come back to work uh, on, on the procedures and the actions that will get us reparations. Uh, and we can well, talk about uh, Matt, Let me jump in and ask you this, though. Let, let me jump in because that's that's an excellent point that you made. And, and you know, we, we know it. We all know it. But you just laid it out. Do you think the division amongst us in the black community is caused from an outside group? We knew we know about COINTELPRO and COINTELPRO is still operating as we speak. But do you think that, that people understand that? Is there an outside hand who's keeping us separated, keeping us fighting each other? In 2023, I must be honest and give a sobering assessment that it is that it is not. No, my dear brother, it is not an outside force, an outside hand, a hidden hand or COINTEL Pro that is the primary force that keeps us fighting against each other, arguing against each other, failing to carry out plans and resolutions that we said we would carry out for our people. Yes, there's always uh, uh, outside enemies that are manipulating the situation and giving us self-destructive tools like social media to lash out and to destroy ourselves. But it's not all, it's not truly, my brother, the enemy. It's honestly the inner me. It is, it is within us uh, uh, and our own issues, some of them legitimate, that need to be hashed out. But it is our own issues with each other and ourselves that keep each other uh, 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 fighting each other all of the time being messy with each other all of the time, being a, a lack of trustful against each other all of the time. These are our internal issues. And whether it's reparations, police brutality, or any other issue in the black community, until we get uh, beyond the, the issues of, 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 I guess, envy, jealousy, 
competition, rivalry, and other destructive habits that have plagued our movement for 40 or 50 years, then we'll just be having another theoretical conversation here. And, and, and I honestly, in my lifetime of working with these great brothers and sisters and the Afro-descendant nation and Cobra and Cam Howard, all the other greats that we're naming here today, I hope to put an a end uh, uh, to, to the inciting amongst an issue which has the most support. I mean, we, we can, I, I believe that of all issues, we can find a common framework. You know, I honor Sister Nkichi Taifa. She's not uh, necessarily coming to this conference, but nobody should perceive that just because she's not on this flyer that we don't understand, that we don't understand and recognize that she is a legend in this cause and in the next set of conventions and, and things that she would be involved or that we won't be right on the telephone with her as soon as we finish this meeting and be trying to respect those her and those forces she works with. So, so I just want to say all that to say that I'm, in a, I'm more so in a diplomatic role. Yes, I'm a lawyer. I have evidence to present. I can advocate why we want full reparations. What is our demand? I'm a great arguer for the cause. But I'm also here spiritually and diplomatically to end argument, to end suspicion, to end the issues that have kept us from making progress. Yeah, and somewhere Dr. Wilson and Neely, uh, smiling at what you're trying to do because that's what she's been teaching us. And Neely Fuller and Dr. Uh, and and Dr. Fox has been talking about it too. You know, unity. Some people just whatever they don't they don't want it. You know, as you mentioned, some people they will never unify, and and that keeps us uh, you know totally divided. And, and that's the, that's what the Uruguay's biggest fear that one day we'll be united, not just locally but globally. Because they know it's game over, right, when that takes place. So they're working effectively to keep us apart from each other. So I'll, I'll put that on the table right there and leave that alone. But I want to go to Dr. Tahida, though. Dr. Tahida, this is an election year. Do you think reparations should be a litmus test for anybody who wants to represent anybody in the black community? Uh, yes, sir, certainly I do. And um, I think that uh, we have to demand it to the point that um, um, we use it as a uh, tool to um, support uh, anyone who we're going to vote for. Uh, you know, w we need to put that on the table and make sure that uh, it's a part of their platform. Um, I, you know, I, and I guess, you know, Attorney Malik can talk about this better uh, because he has a very close relationship with um, uh, our uh, presidential candidate, uh, Cornell West, uh, in 2024. And uh, so it, it, there are candidates that uh, are putting reparations on the table uh, on their platform, including uh, Marianne Williamson. Uh, I know reparations is on her platform as well as some others, but as far as Biden goes, uh, it's not. So that's something that we need to consider uh, before we cast our vote for for any uh, elected official. All right, and that goes for locally as well, and not just because you know a lot of times we focus on the national elections and, and ignore the local elections, and that's where the difference can be made. Do you think that for the local elections, whether it be for alderman, city council person, or 
or a county commissioner or whatever local jurisdiction they're running for, should that also be a litmus test for them who want to re- represent us? Absolutely. Um, I, I think it should be uh, because, uh, you know, there there's so many important issues out there uh, and um, we need people who are going to um, represent the core of what we need as a people. And so, yes, I, I think that uh, it should be a litmus test for any uh, elected official, not just uh, on the presidential stage. All right. We come up on a break. I'll take our first look at the news. Not first look. First look. This hour, the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. When we come back, though, Attorney Malik, if you can tell us, you know, because we, when we talk about reparations, it always gets down. What do? What is it that you want? What is it we should ask for? And in what terms? Is it money? Is it land? Is it debt forgiveness? Whatever. If you can explain that, if or is that going to be discussed, or has it been approved yet? Uh, who votes on it? Who makes the decision? If you get in all of that, I'd appreciate it. As I mentioned, we got the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. Uh, 27 minutes away from the top of the hour. We'll be back in four minutes, though, with your phone calls. If you want to join us at 800-450-7876, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. Hey, good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Attorney Malik Shabazz, and also Dr. Tahida Abri, discussing the reparations uh, convention set for next week in Atlanta. Many of our top scholars will be there. They're going to hash out uh, and hopefully come up with a consensus where we go moving forward for reparations. Before we go back to them, though, let me just remind you, coming up in the next few days, we're going to hear from clinical psychologist Dr. Jeremy Fox. He's going to join us. You know him from his best-selling book. And also uh, political blogger Brandon is going to join us. He's going to talk about the uh, preview, actually, the debate, the GOP debate, and what the Republicans and the Democrats are doing to attract younger voters. There's a big fight for the young vote. Also, New York City activist Charles Barron will be here. Charles was at a meeting with the uh, Cuban prime minister, came to Harlem, and uh, he's going to explain what that meeting was all about and what it has to do with Malcolm as well as African Americans. So, if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9. And AM fourteen fifty W O L. All right, uh, Attorney Malik. Before we left for the for the uh, news, traffic, and weather update, I was asking you about some of the, the specifics of reparations that our people talk about all the time. We were both basically we're in agreement that we deserve reparations, but we're not in agreement on how what sort of reparations we should receive. Is that going to be discussed at the convention? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to let everyone know that we are here. We are convening and talking about this morning on Brother Carl Nelson's show the National Reparations Convention, which is coming soon, 
October 7th and 8th at Georgia State University, the home base of that great professor and liberator. I'm talking about Professor and Dr. Akinyele Umoja, our great elder and leader, October 7th and 8th, which is also, family, the birthday weekend of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, October 7th and 8th. It's also the birthday weekend, and it is a chance to celebrate the legacy of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and it is also a a great anniversary year of the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey's work. So we want to make a fundamental point, like one of our flyers makes, that this is also a chance for those that believe in the ultimate vision and goals of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Mr. Marcus Garvey, for Elijah Muhammad's followers and supporters, which includes the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his supporters. We want to wish our elder Minister Louis Farrakhan, one of the greatest leaders that we ever had. We want to wish him well on his, uh, in his 90s for doing so much for so long. And so what I'm saying is Elijah Muhammad's followers, Marcus Mosiah Garvey's uh, uh, followers, those who come under the red, black, and green, we're coming together. Now, how are we coming together, my brother? Uh, you have said uh, that we have, uh, uh, I guess, you, you, you bespeak a point. What do we want? How do we want it? Well, the, some leaders could speak for us, but in honesty, honestly, procedurally, and in the democratic sense, we as a people have not spoken for ourselves on this subject. So as we bring 40 to 50 national and local and state reparations organizations together, we understand that we must speak officially now to the world and speak officially to ourselves. Therefore, we must have a plebiscite. We, have, we, we, we intend to reach a point of maturity at this convention where we agree on a plebiscite. What is a plebiscite? A plebiscite is a vote, a set of questions that will be put forth to the 40 million of our people on exactly what do they want. And, and, and they must ratify the 40 or 50 million blacks so that we can produce this vote to ourselves, to the United Nations, to whatever court systems uh, or governmental systems or corporate systems that we intend to use as part of our attack for reparations. We must have a democratically validated process that we as a people have participated in and voted in, and that is called a plebiscite, so that we will have, so that your vote, those who are listening, your vote and your consent and and the parts of this questions, yes or no, you will have your chance to vote on. Do you support uh, full and complete reparations? We need an, a formal vote that we can register. Uh, what form do you want it in? I know that Attorney Shabazz and others want land and precious metals and 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 our reparations to go uh, 
in terms of institutions that we must have built for our people, educational institutions, legal institutions, social institutions, military institutions, land, and so forth. But that's Attorney Shabazz. Uh, uh, What are we saying here, brother? That we intend as a body of leadership to establish a democratic process amongst ourselves as leaders and to put a plebiscite vote to the 40 million blacks as a people so that so that they through technology text uh text responses polls and other means of gathering a mass vote then we can get official with this thing and to conclude the convention is a process so you just don't have conventions well, here comes the National Reparations Convention at Georgia State. Well, when are they going to have that again? Well, I mean, hypothetically, it could be whenever. That's not how you operate to get justice. Uh, the white man's Congress meets every day to plan the rule of America and how they're going to carry out their business. And I'm not saying that this will meet every day. But I can, I can foresee, my brother that these 40 organizations, based on the great foundation that has been laid uh, 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 by a man that y'all must get to know better. When you hear me talking about the Honorable Silas Muhammad, some of you may not know him, but we can tell you that for 40-some-odd years, this great student of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been humbly working to bring about the result you will see on October 7th and 8th. We will be. We will have a a uh, like a a um, I don't a, a a a Congress council, if you will, where uh, the great reparations leaders will meet on a regular basis to uh, effectuate this plebiscite, to effectuate and to answer the questions that the people have and to report to them regularly what we're doing, how we're doing it. But people need a reparations uh, um, um, Congress, if you will. Uh, They need to to know that uh, on after October the 7th and 8th, that on November 7th and 8th, that they all met again and and they met for a whole weekend and they hammered out of these issues. And here's the report, here's the resolution, and here's the plan of action. Uh, uh, so so that's what I'm saying here, my brother. A plebiscite is coming. A mass vote amongst the people is coming. But it will be administrated not by one organization or two or three. We Our plans is to have this plebiscite agreed on and administrated and put forth and legislated by at least 50 to 60 black organizations that agree on just simple things like that. And then we must have a structure that works and is identifiable, right. no more randomness. Because uh, reparations is a global issue. Are, are you planning to have input from uh, Africans throughout the diaspora who are, who are affected by the the uh, uh, Atlantic slave trade from the Caribbean, from the UK, and those the, the brain drain that took place from the continent. Are, are they going to be involved in this discussion? That's an excellent question, and the answer is yes, with an asterisk. Yes, we have representatives from CARICOM, and uh, and I would say here that 
We have CARICOM, the Caribbean organization that's fighting for reparations. And uh, Ms. Tahid, I want you to read the organizations on that flyer when it comes to you next. I want you to tell the brothers and sisters here the great organizations that are coming, because it's hard for me to see while I'm talking. Um, but I want to be clear, because we don't want to get into a fight, a, a, a fight here about whether we're fighting for reparations for blacks in America and whether or not that's a fight against brothers and sisters who are fighting for reparations across the world. I want to say that uh, that as this convention is being convened in the United States of America by black people here who were brought uh, to America, that our first and primary goal here in terms of organizing and obligation has to be and is the black peoples here in the Western Hemisphere, and first of all, in America, right here. We're fighting for these Africans who deserve reparations right here inside of America, first and foremost. We want to clear that up. But also, there, there are certainly delegates from the worldwide Pan-African reparations movement. They are coming also, and there's a strong seat and voice at the table for them also, because we understand uh, uh, that just on any number of levels, that this that the most effective way to win reparations for blacks in America is also from a pan-African perspective. If you're talking about white corporations and entities and banks that have robbed us, uh, even if you're talking about just, say, actions such as uh, putting uh, sanctions on those organizations, withdrawing our money, our funds, our support, well, many of these corporations, that I'm talking about, white corporations with ties to slavery, they are multinational corporations, meaning that if you say that you're going to um, uh, uh, sanction or, or penalize them here in America, they say, well, okay, I'm operating all over the world, buddy. I'll keep right on going. But we must understand that we are 2 billion African people in 144 countries all over the world. And that if theoretically we can unite uh, blacks around the world for their reparations and our reparations, that those multinational corporations, governments, and entities would come under a withering attack, like they're coming under a withering attack in West Africa and, 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 with, and with putting the colonial French forces out of Africa. With all of us together, as the, as the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey teaches, all of us coming together is the way to is is not is a clear path to breaking the back of the white supremacist chains on our people, and it can produce reparations. It can produce reparations for us all, but specifically us here at home. We must understand that as black people here. Fighting for ourselves first. Can't help nobody else nowhere else as we prove we can help ourselves. And no one's going to trust our help if we can't get it together ourselves. Nevertheless, the power, the power is in the 2 billion blacks and Africans across the planet. That's the real power, that black power that will protect is the framework for reparations. We are bad people. 
if two billion of us get together and decide we're going to act. All right. Hold that thought right there. We're coming up on a quick break. And Mark in Baltimore has a question for you. Folks, you want to join this discussion about reparations? You got a question about reparations? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls at six away from the top of the hour in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. Minute after the top of the hour, our guest, uh, Attorney Malik Shabazz, and also Dr. Tahida Abri, uh, part of the reparations con- uh, conventions taking place in Atlanta next week. If you've got a question about uh, reparations, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Mark did that. He's on line one, calling from Baltimore, has a question. Mark, good morning. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? And, uh, yeah, rep- reparations is, is very important. We, um, we have uh, NCOBRA.org, which is the national uh, reparations. Um, but I got two questions. I, I wanna, I'm going to ask you, do you agree with this as far as reparations? But also, um, uh, Captain Andrew Muhammad here in Baltimore, he, he feels like, and he's dedicated his life to the number one thing he thinks right now is, as far as unity is, is helping out young people um, to stop the violence and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys can have a forum where, where you invite uh, Black Lives Matter, who raised $80 million, you know, to find out, you know, why they're not in our communities and stuff like that. But um, in COBRA.org, um, uh, the many forms of injury caused by shadow slavery and its continuing vestiges, the material forms of reparations include cash payments, land, economic development, and retreation resources, particularly to those who are descendants of enslaved Africans. Other forms of reparations for black people of African descent include funds for scholarships and community development, creation of multimedia depiction of the history of black people, African-American descent, textbooks for educational institutions, to tell the story for African-American descendants and um, the development of historical monuments. Do you agree with that? And are you guys familiar with um, uh, NCOBRA.org, which has been in existence for, since the 80s? And John Conyers, has, I think it was John Conyers, um, Carl, that's been bringing uh, H.R. 40 to the Congress. You know, he's gone now, but to the Congress since the 80s. Right. All right, let's let respond. I thank you, Mark. Thanks for okay. your question. All I'll, right. I'll turn it to I'll turn it to Miss Tarheda, and then I will uh, quickly say that that there are plenty of young people and student leaders. Thank Professor again, Akinyelu Umoja at Georgia State University in Atlanta. That's where this convention will be on Marcus Mosiah Garvey's 136th year here, and Honorable Elijah Muhammad's. Earth Day celebration. This will be at Georgia State University in Atlanta. Many students and young people are, are coming to attend. This is a, a, a issue that's heavily supported by young activists. But I turn it to Ms. Tahita to tell you exactly who's going to be there. Yes, sir. Thank you. And thank you for your question on NCOBRA because NCOBRA has been working with us from day one, 
in, in putting together a um, strategic national uh, reparations plan. So um, we will have um, the both the, the female and male co-chairs of INCOBRA will be there. Uh, that will be uh, Brother Willard Lett uh, and also Sister Kenneth Henry will be there representing INCOBRA. We'll also have some local leaders uh, from INCOBRA, Detroit chapter, for example, uh, Sister Anita Bell will be speaking. Um, so uh, we're, you know, we're, there's at least 40 to 50 organizations that have been invited and have confirmed as well. Um, so I'll, I'll run off that list right now, if you don't mind. Um, and these are primarily confirmed and some still being confirmed at this point. So, of course, we're going to have uh, ADOs. We've, uh, we've uh, uh, invited Sister Yvette Carnell. Um, we have uh, representatives from Georgia State University's African American Studies Department is working with us, Dr. Ethanelli, that um, uh, Attorney Malik mentioned, as well as the um, um, uh, Department of Law there, uh, Dr. Uh, Sato will also be speaking. We have, of course, the Afro-Descendant Nation, which will be our keynote speaker, the Honorable Salas Muhammad, as well as his wife, Attorney Harriet Abubakar, who is the lead counsel for the Afro-Descendant Nation. Um, also, we'll have the um, uh, NGO there, all for reparations and emancipation. Um, that will be uh, uh, Representative uh, Ishmael uh, Abdul Salam. Uh, we'll have uh, Black Economics. We've been working with Dr. Brooks Robinson uh, for uh, a while now and helping us to organize this and put, us, put it together. We've got Black Lawyers for Justice, uh, which is Attorney Malik's organization. We have Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, Black Rose Foundation, Black College Students for Reparations, California Reparations Commission, uh, uh, Dr. Cheryl Grills uh, will be there giving us an update on everything that's going on in California. So as you listen to these organizations, it's actually representing uh, all the organizations from a global to international to national and federal to state, local, and grassroots organizations will all be there coming together as one. Um, we've got, of course, CARICOM was already mentioned, um, Brother uh, Eric Phillips from Guyana, uh, uh, CARICOM Reparations Commission. Um, we've invited, of course, uh, Robin Ruth Simmons uh, from uh, the city of Evanston, uh, Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, uh, Fulton County Reparations Task Force right there in Atlanta. Uh, Brother uh, Marcus Coleman will be there. Um, the uh, Hebrew Israelite nation, uh, brother uh, Prince uh, Yosef Aziel, the son of, of uh, Prince Aziel, um, will have um, the Healy P. Newton Gun Club represented there. Uh, Institute for Urban Research from uh, Morgan State University, Professor um, uh, Raymond Wimbush, of course. And then we'll have uh, the, the Lost Foundation of Islam, 
again, the Honorable Salih Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Speaks newspaper represented there, the national, um, the NAACP, um, the Nation of Islam, as Attorney Malik uh, mentioned, you know, we have invited the Honorable um, uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan, uh, uh representatives as well, um, the National Action Network, in uh, COBRA, as we already said, the National Reparations Institute right there in Atlanta, uh, Brother Reginald Muhammad will be speaking. Uh, the uh, New Black Panther Party, Pan-African International Movement, Reparations for Slavery, Reparations Labor Union, Reparations Task Force, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Reparations United, Cam Howard, uh, Sam Lodge, uh, Enterprise of Ghana, uh, that would be Professor Jane Small, who will be our keynote speaker for our town hall. So if you think about everything that's going on that day, you know, we it's really broken out into three major sections where we'll have um, our keynote speakers and uh, panelists for the first four hours on Saturday. Then we're going to break out into classrooms. And... Uh, We'll have uh, four different classrooms that are going to specifically address uh, different aspects of reparations, including the forms and types of reparations. Uh, Dr. Cheryl Grills will be uh, a part of that, uh, leading that particular room. We'll have Attorney Justin Hansford, who is also uh, one of the keynote speakers. Uh, he is the um, member of the um, uh, reparations um, or uh, people of Africa uh, of the UN effort uh, for the people of African descent. Uh, he is on the permanent forum there, and uh, he'll be also uh, working with Attorney Malik uh, Shabazz to uh, talk about the legislative effort. Uh, the plebiscite will be talking about the national legislative effort, the executive order that is currently uh, uh, at the federal level uh, with Cam Howard. Uh, we'll also have a room specifically for what the vision for self-determination is. And that's the room where we want most of our students to really get involved, to talk about what what we'll do with reparations when we get it. Where will we be, you know? Uh, do we need to separate from America? Should we stay here? Uh, you know, these are questions that our young minds should be answering because reparations is for our young people. And so uh, we will also have a breakout room that will specifically talk about that strategic reparations plan, which is, you know, we're going to put together logically planned steps that are required to take us from where we are today. Uh, to actually receive in reparations. So um, we also have Chief Osiris Akabella, who is from the uh, Pan-African International uh, Movement as well. Um, I I hope that I didn't skip anyone. We have so many speakers. We have Sydney Bartley from uh, Jamaica, who is uh, uh, very active in the reparations movement there. Um, so we have representation from all levels, uh, global to uh, grassroots, and um, we're going to come together finally and 
and make this happen. Uh, there's nobody that's going to do it other than us. Nobody should be seeking for reparations other than ourselves. Uh, we uh, should determine uh, what it is that we want and and put together the actionable steps to make it happen. So I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Well, thank you for sharing all that. The folks are going to be involved in that. We're coming up on a break, but I got some people on the line who want to talk to you from Buffalo, from D.C. But uh, one of our listeners tw- uh, tweeted a question, and I'll pose a question. And Attorney uh, uh, Maliki, I guess you can respond after we get caught up on the traffic and weather in our different cities. But the, the, the tweet goes, please ask your guests, who will they be submitting the results to for enforcement? Because the situation where reparations are currently being paid, like Evanston, Illinois, uh, Georgetown University, and Harvard, and Columbia Universities, they've set up endowments to pay reparations and all agree to do so. So that's the question. So I'll, I'll let you think about that, and I'll let you respond when we come back. we got some folks in Buffalo and D.C. on the line got questions for you. Folks, you too can join this conversation with Attorney Malik and Dr. Tahita. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876 at 14 after the top of the hour. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB in the DMV run FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL information is power. And good morning again, family. Thanks for rolling with us all morning long. 19 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, the attorney Malik Shabazz and Dr. Tuida Abri discussing the reparations conventions that take place next week in Atlanta, Georgia. I mentioned before we left for the traffic and weather update, one of our listeners tweeted a question for uh, our guest. She says, please ask your guests, who will they be submitting the results to for enforcement? Because the situation where reparations are currently being paid out, like Evanston, Illinois, Georgetown, Harvard, and Columbia Universities, they have set up endowments to pay reparations and all agree to do so. Counselor. That's a great question. Um, And those are good individual citations at at those universities for um, have they been found uh, they either built universities on some slaves and land where they had owned slaves or profited from and and they've cut individual deals, and, and those are good signs. I think they're signs of what we can achieve on a much larger, stronger, and national level for what is full and complete reparations, not partial or piecemeal reparations, full and complete reparations. So if the question is asked, who will we be submitting, uh, the question will be answered like this. Um, we will... Power concedes nothing without a demand, and um, and that demand has to have force behind it. I was, I was taught that by Minister Louis Farrakhan and my teacher, Dr. Khalid Mohammed. Um, you know, putting a um, a letter forward after this convention to say Wells Fargo or any white entity or any entity that has robbed us um, is is noble. It probably maybe be necessary, depend on what we decide. We may have to give notice. We may come together and decide that we're going to give notice to any number of institutions that they owe us reparations. But it has to have force and power and, if you will, a threat behind it that there will be punishment if you don't do justice. Because that's how it is in the court system as I operate 
as an a litigator and an attorney at war in the spirit of the great Alton Maddox and uh, Chokwe Lumumba, honors to both of them, is that uh, uh, there has to be a punishment or a judgment or, an, a, or a verdict for damages if you don't comply to that which you are liable and guilty for. Okay, and so uh, in this case, uh, as, as a litigator, if I if I file against a company or a corporation or a city or a police department, the court system of the United States of America gives gives me as an attorney on behalf of my client the legal power to punish them and to uh, uh, either exact damages or compensation in any number of ways, punitive damages, compensatory damages, and that's backed by the power of law here, and it works. We don't have that kind of power in the reparations movement to say that if we file a claim or give notice of claim to uh, uh, Wells Fargo or any other company uh, to force them to comply we don't have that kind of official power, but we have another kind of power that we must develop if we're going to be effective and not theoretical. You see, uh, a, a scholar alone reciting uh, uh, very important information and facts and exhibits about why they owe us and the details of, 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 of statement of facts of what is owed is not sufficient in and of itself to bring about a stronger result to, to conclude on this question. But what we must understand is that there has to be a strong, that there has to be a strong political organization, organizational, political, and adversarial process that will bring Wells Fargo or any other entity to reckoning if they don't answer that letter. If a demand is put, it has to be backed up by the power, and that power has to be the power of the people to punish them and to uh, uh, bring their operations to a halt, if you will, if they don't comply. I'm trying to, like, actually, like, restrain myself here because I'm known for being aggressive, and I personally prefer an aggressive political approach but i'm here in consensus to try to talk with the other reparations leaders on this phone to know that as a man of action y'all know that i've come off that that like for example in mississippi i've come off the the goon squad case with the ranking county police officers and and our strong legal and political and organizational advocacy that's what's behind that historic result of these six white deputies uh, uh, in federal prison right now. Uh, uh, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm pleading to the other leaders who are listening right now that uh, uh, as we come forth with the righteousness of our demands, the righteousness of our plebiscites, that we are going to have to talk about an aggressive campaign to punish, to sanction, and to hold those accountable who owe us reparations. And that comes through this collective body of groups connecting with the masses of our people and, 
and that day could theoretically come when Wells Fargo cannot open its doors or, or any other white entity or corporation couldn't open its doors anymore because the wrath of the black political organization has overwhelmed them. Uh, um, that's what I, that's one thing that I'll be seeking at this convention consensus with my family on aggressive action on those that need to be punished. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we got some folks want to talk to you at 26 after the top of the hour. Let's go to Buffalo first. Bob's on line one. Bob, good morning. You're on with Attorney Malik and also Dr. Tahida. Yes, blessed love family. Um, thank you for the works that you are doing and have done. Uh, working together truly does work. My question for you is, will any of this be live streamed? And how can we who don't make it to Atlanta participate and involve ourselves in the work that you're doing? We thank you so much. We want to point out that this is a, co a collective work. You can go to nationalreparationsconvention.com. Everyone go to nationalreparationsconvention.com to learn more about the National Convention on Reparations that we're talking about. Yes, it will be live streamed, the main sessions, and maybe more. Much of this as we can will be professionally live streamed throughout America and the world. And we want you to still in this hour say, I, I haven't been to Atlanta. I like Atlanta. Drive to Atlanta and come on over and meet some of the most sincere uh, uh, brothers and sisters fighting for our cause that you've ever met. I mean, this will be this will revive your spirit, revive your hope. Come to Georgia State. Meet us. Meet me. To any other leader that's on this line or anybody else, uh, uh, um, come see me in person. Uh, uh, understand me and feel me in person. Don't go about what you uh, may have thought of about myself or anybody else. Let's see our brothers and sisters in person. Nationalreparationsconvention.com, my brothers, where you can where you can tune in, get more information. It will be live streamed. You can also buy those tickets or. Give that donation to our cause right now. That's on GoFundMe, National Reparations Convention. I mean, it's a very sincere effort, and this could be a turning point. Professor James Small says from his expertise that this is a turning point, and Professor Small knows. He says that this convention is a turning point, and I want to let you know that he is one of the persons that is helping to steer these outcomes. All right, 29 at the top there. Albert in D.C., online too. Albert, you're still with us? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Carl, for taking uh, my call. Um, as far as the charges, um, if it is live stream, uh, will we have to pay online 
for the live stream and in person, or how does it work out? Okay, the live stream, no, we're not charging pay-per-view. I want to be clear that in no respect, shape, or form is any of this convention or reparations efforts designed to make any kind of profit. Uh, I, I know that uh, there, so there's free online, and I think it's just a mere $20 at the door, which is a minimum cost to meet all of the expenses of renting Georgia State and, and all of these arrangements. If you heard that long list of, of organizations and so forth. So, yes, uh, there's not no big cost like some of these conventions. They tell you $150 to register. No, this is this is tailored and built for the grassroots. It will be free online, and it will be a minimum cost at the door. And then everybody listening, seeing how sincere this effort is, you can go to GoFundMe and donate to the National Reparations Convention. Just put that in the search bar and just put something in for this for this great effort and historic effort of our organizations not just coming together but uh, 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 legislating a plan of action. I, on that to right. close, I fully expect this convention to move around the six regions of America uh, a, at least quarterly or biannually. And uh, I fully expect this convention to continue on to the New York region, mid-Atlantic region, Midwest, and the West Coast as it builds and gains momentum. All right. We're coming up on a break real soon. But another tweet wanted to know if you're going to have vendors. Yes. Go to National Reparations Convention. Uh, it's, it's .com, National Reparations Convention. Hit, go t- hit the contact. Go to the contact section and contact, and Ms. Tahida can affirm this. And, yes, we, we want vendors. You, this would be good for vendors. Ms. Tahida, give a, a information out for vendors right now. Sure, thank you. So um, just send an email to info at afrodescendant.org, and we'll send you the instructions for signing up as a vendor. That's info at afrodescendant.org, okay? And then also to add to that, I wanted to mention that all students are free with a ballot student ID. So we want to get as many students as possible in there. Okay. Right, that's a good deal. We're coming up on a break. When we come back, though, I've got to ask you this, because when we talk about reparations, we we'll seem to always speak about the Atlantic slave trade, about reparations. But what about reparations for the brothers and sisters who were impacted by the, the government bringing drugs into our community, the crack cocaine, uh, the residual effects that are still being shown right now? And it was the black community was targeted. It was proven that it was the government who brought in these drugs. Do they, do they deserve reparations? Is that going to be on the table? I'll let you uh, re- respond to that after. We take our last look at the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. Folks, you want to get in on this conversation with Attorney Malik and Dr. Tahida, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore at 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. 
Good morning again, family. 21 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Tahida Habri, and also Attorney Malik Shabazz, giving us some information on the reparations convention that's going to take place next week in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the top uh, top minds are going to be there, and hopefully they'll fashion a reparations uh, pledge for us to follow from this meeting. But before we go back there, let me just remind you, coming up next week, uh, uh, New York City activist Charles Barron, coming up this week, I should say, Charles Barron is going to join us. He's going to talk about Cuba's prime minister's recent visit to Harlem. That got probably no uh, coverage at all in the mainstream media. Also, political uh, blogger Brandon will be with us, preview the upcoming uh, GOP debate. He's also going to talk about the infighting, the GOP, and, oh, and what the, the Republicans and the Democrats are doing to attract young people. You'd be surprised at some of the tactics they're using. Also, clinical psychologist Dr. Jeremy Fox will join us. You know him from his best-selling book, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, A Shame-Based Alliance. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Tyrone's waiting for us, but I'll let respond to the question I asked you about the fact that if if this if we're talking about reparations, then we've got to factor in the folks that who were affected by the government bringing in drugs into our community. They, they didn't bring it to any other community. They brought it into our community. And, and as we look around, we can see the residual effects of, of what that did to decimate the black community. If they do reparations, is that going to be on the table? Attorney Malik. Well, this is a fact question. I think we have to say yes simply because the defendant that you cited, the United States government, the defendant that you cited is already liable for reparations for so many other crimes against humanity that they have committed, which includes the allegation that you enunciated, the allegation that we've long heard that either the government or the CIA is either responsible in some kind of way for bringing crack cocaine into the black community and then for enacting laws, draconian laws that have a lot of brothers and sisters locked up for a long time after the very defendant, the United States government created either the conditions that are at the root of this mass incarceration crisis. This is fueled ultimately by the conditions that are created by the government, and then you have allegations that they have poured fire on it and exacerbated it by bringing drugs into the black community. Now, I say that specific claim amongst the many legitimate claims against the United States government is a fact question. That's why I'm excited to say at this National Reparations Convention at, at Georgia State University in Atlanta on the 7th and the 8th, attorneys as myself, Attorney Justin Hansford, other great lawyers, Attorney Harriet Abu Bakr, we have, we, there is a team of experienced lawyers and litigators and others that are not lawyers that I have gathered excellent facts and data. What I'm saying here that when it comes to question of facts of proving that allegation, of, of proof of that allegation of the CIA bringing drugs or into the black community or the government doing this, or any proof on any reparations question, 
we must let you know that a very credible team of lawyers and researchers are assembling uh, and 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 bringing under, I guess, uh, uh, one roof the best of the facts and the evidence that support the statement of facts for our claim for full and complete reparations, meaning that we're getting all the way down heavy into the facts, the documents, and everything that's needed to back up and to support our claims. You will, uh, coming out of this convention, uh, you will not hear a, a rhetoric about what is old black or African people Hopefully through this website that we want you to go to, nationalreparationsconvention.com, you should be able to follow the progress of this movement, and one and one part of it will be facts, proof, and evidence that go behind supporting every demand. We're coming with the facts and the documents to support our claims. All right, 16 away from the top there. As I mentioned, Tyrone's waiting for us. He's in Baltimore. He's on line one. Good morning, Tyrone. Uh, good morning, Carl, and good morning to your guest. Um, you kind of, <laughs> that question kind of uh, stole over my thunder, but what I would add to that, that once we were free from slavery, thanks to the 13th Amendment, which allowed for um, punishment for crime to be a means of slavery, uh, we had, we had right, out, right, out of, right out of slavery, they made all these laws, <laughs> Like um, talking too loud in public, or um, you know, uh, you get arrested for vagrancy, or if you couldn't show that you work for a white man, you could get arrested for that and put at hard labor uh, for for years on chain gangs and everything else. Uh, the last case of reckless eyeballing was in 1951. The last official case of reckless eyeball, where you, if you look at a, a white woman too hard or too long, you could get arrested. You could actually get arrested for that. And black people could get, um, you know, it, uh, a white woman, could, a black woman could not testify against a white man in a rape case in a lot of places in the South. So they were, you know, you know, was, a lot of people were raped by, by white gangs, you know, rolling, redneck gangs and all those kind of things. But, but a lot, there's a lot of things besides slavery of that. And you mentioned one of them being the war on drugs. And you, it's not just a mass incarceration. It's the criminal records that follow these people when they get out of jail. And um, I, I believe it was uh, 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 Professor, uh, I forget the, the lady's name, she wrote the book, White, White, White Rage. Um, she stated that, that the uh, war on drugs was simply the answer to the civil rights, the gains that were made on the civil rights movement. Because if you think about it, taking people's right to vote and, uh, you know, things of that nature, that was accomplished by mass incarceration, you know, and, and their ability to get a decent job with these criminal records. That was accomplished by mass incarceration. So they had a dual effect on the black community. And no, you didn't have to sell drugs, but they were dumping these drugs. And some of them were boarding on government planes, it's been verified. They were dumping these drugs in impoverished communities. Okay. And if you, if you know about the history of prohibition with alcohol, you had a lot of poor white Italians that were selling alcohol and committing murders and with machine guns on the streets. So if you do that thing, the proven uh, methodology, that if you dump a black market item in an impoverished area, some people will uh, start selling them, and not all, but some. A minority will start selling them, and some people will start using them to get away from the depression and suffering that they that they uh, are going through. So, yes, it's more than just about slavery. And I, I don't, I'm wondering if Ta-Nehisi Coates is going to be a part of that meeting. He wrote a book, The Case uh, of Reparations, and it mentions a lot of stuff in it. All right, or, thanks, Tyrone. Uh, thanks. All righty. 
Tottenham League or Dr. Tahita? Want to respond to these questions? I'll let Dr. I'll let Dr. Tahita answer that. Hey, yeah, can you repeat the name? Hello? Yeah, can you repeat the name? I the name. Tyrone? Is he still there? Oh, Tanahashi Coates. Uh, he hung up. Tanahashi Coates, he's, he wanted to know if he's going to be there. Uh, well, he's welcome to be there. Um, I don't have a confirmation on that, no. Hmm. Um, oh, okay. However, I'll tell you this. Let's stop right there. Hold one second. Uh-huh. Hold one second. Mm-hmm. Any, any, she's talking about the great author, Tanahashi Coates. Mm-hmm. And we want to say that to anyone who does not hear your particular advocate or, or favorite person mentioned today, that does not at all mean that we are not in the process of, of having a way to reach out for them and to and to seek their uh, uh, participation if necessary. And it does not mean that we will not be uh, 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 seeking to work with them in the future just because they do not appear at Georgia State University October 7th and 8th. So, uh, again, I think that on nationalreparationsconvention.com that there's a way to message or email. And so we don't want anybody to feel left out or that we left somebody else out. There's a committee that evaluates all suggestions and recommendations. And so, um, you know, I I, got to give a shout out to some people that are not necessarily going to be there because I know that we'll be talking to them. We're talking about the great December 12th movement and, and, and councilman and probably state assemblyman slash councilman Charles Barron and, and New York City. These are lifetime freedom fighters for reparations. Well, they're not at this convention, but they're probably going to be a part of the next one. And certainly they're going to be part of our negotiations as we try to negotiate with every tribe in the black nation so we can speak with one voice. And so that we can hold our national vote, our national plebiscite with one vote, vote, voice. We want a ratified national plebiscite, a national vote that all of the organization and leaders can, can stamp and say, yes, that I was notified of it and either I participated and we have consensus with it. So we have to have consensus from all the great and to let you know that we're going to be seeking it in person or in other ways by any means necessary to build consensus for uh, in this reparations movement. All right. Ten away from the top there. Howard's uh, checking in. He's online, too. He's calling from L.A. Howard, good morning. You're on with Attorney Malika and Dr. Tahita. Yes, I, I just woke up crawling and I come over the conversation. But what I wanted to know are you guys going to take us to to the UN like Malcolm is uh, proposing to take our struggle to the UN? Uh, are you going to take this uh, the, these drug things that was perpetrated our community to the UN and, and like that? Uh, just, that's what I wanted to know. All right, thanks, thanks, Howard. The, the short answer is yes, but the the longer answer is yes, comma, but with consensus. This would not be the first time the cause of reparations has entered the United Nations through various channels. And and, and a long list could be read from uh, uh, 
in, in Cobra to the Honorable Silas Muhammad or, or different ways and different forms. So I'm sure not only the United Nations, but every international body that could be approached legally, lawfully, or politically that could affect this cause of our reparations for our people right in America, I can guarantee you that based on our consensus that we will be uh, uh, approaching and advocating through those bodies. But the important thing here is with consensus. This won't just be with us. Uh, uh, another group of two or three on the side where they made they move to the U.N. Another group over here will say, well, this is my committee, and they made their reparations move. No, this is going to be different, my brother. Every step that comes out of here will be made with a consensus and agreement of organizations that is unprecedented. Uh, we plan on having a, a, a stronger consensus, agreement, and ratification of the necessary parties on board here for whatever move is made to the United Nations or anybody it is going to be ratified, sanctioned, and signed off on by a stronger group of leaders and reparations advocates than you've ever seen before. And that will be the difference maker in any form or venue that we're litigating or advocating in. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, can you give out the information, the contact information, the website or email address if folks need more information? Talk, speak up strong, Kahita. Sure. Your, your move. Sure. Yeah, so just go to our website at www.nationalreparationsconvention.com. You can go there to pre-register to get your seat uh, secured in advance. Uh, because we are expecting a full house. So register in advance. And then if you have questions or you need further information or would like to be a vendor, just email us at info at afrodescendant.org. And, um, again, we have a GoFundMe as well, uh, the National Reparations Convention Fundraiser. Uh, and uh, we, you can also uh, go to see the live stream um, on YouTube. Just uh, search for National Reparations Convention, and you'll be able to view the live stream from there. And that's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you, Attorney Malik, and thank you for the work that you do in our community as well. Honors, honors to you and honors to this show, Brother Carl Nelson. Thank you. All right, folks, we're finished. We're out of here. Stay strong, stay positive, 
and stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.